0: recorded live. To another edition of Beer and Money, I am your host JCD, John JCD Uh We are coming to you live on uh, TalkShoe as part of the PWP Nation Network. Um, as always, you can follow PWP Nation on Facebook, the Facebook page, um, on Twitter at PWP Nation, and of course PWPNation.com with a lot of great articles. And editorials and the whole staff is just uh awesome for for the most part, and a lot of great content uh heading into this week's uh survivor series and n x t as well um, thank you for joining us on' a, we're recording this on a monday uh we were supposed to do Friday, but a couple things came up. A uh, quick rundown as to what we're going to do here today, and, and yes, I am stalling to see if Chris gets on uh, within the next uh, minute or two, or if not, I'm going to start, because there's a couple of things that have to be addressed, but uh, the plan is to, me and Chris We're going to discuss almost a rebooking of the original Goldberg streak uh, that started back in 1997 in WCW. Uh, Chris has his ideas on how he would have booked it. I have some ideas on mine. Uh, once we get through Goldberg, uh, we're going to touch on a quick, I guess, a quick Raw preview for tonight. Uh, tonight's the go-home Raw for Survivor Series. Um, as well as the, one thing that seems to have gotten lost in the, sh- the shuffle, um, ...the last week or so, and maybe it's because of everything that's been going on in Survivor Series and UFC 205. The 900th edition of SmackDown with Undertaker. um, We're going to talk about that a little. We're going to do a show on Friday, so I think we'll save the TakeOver preview for Friday with the Survivor Series preview... ...unless something drastic and uh, major breaks... Um, during the course of the week And with the way things have been going lately Never say never to anything And you never know what's coming around the corner next uh, So with that said Chris is not on yet So I'm gonna I'm gonna start And I'm gonna address The obvious elephant in apparently every room uh, No matter what Profession Walk of life education, whatever the case may be that you're in, the obvious uh, seems to be the only thing that people will talk about is obviously the results of Tuesday night and where we go from here. Now, I had every intention of staying away from this today. However, due to Actually, a couple of things that happened over the weekend and something that actually just came out about 45 minutes ago, I feel it's relevant to address because it's going to tie in to um, two stories in particular. Um, So before, you know, we get into the stories, look, I'm going to put it like this. What happened happened, okay it, it's It's done it's It's not going to change. There's not going to be a miracle on December nineteenth, and this thing does not get ratified if If you are banking on that as your last and only glimmer of hope you're you got a better chance of seeing Jesus Christ holding hands with Satan. Walking through Times Square on a Tuesday afternoon in November, just because um, that ideology that well, when they come together to ratify this, that will change. It's not going to happen. So do do yourself a favor. Don't bank on that. You're just. You're, and I'm only saying that because you're just going to set yourself up to be disappointed. And to, I guess, get angry, get frustrated, need a a safe space, need to cry, need to take off from work, need to take off from school, need puppies, need Play-Doh, whatever the case may be. I live in Brooklyn, New York. I am 10 minutes spitting distance outside of Manhattan. Okay, And, and New York City, Manhattan has been a hotbed the past. Four days or so with protests, and and thankfully, they have been peaceful protests. They have not taken the turn that they have in in Portland and some other areas. So so thank God for that. And and th- there is nothing wrong with if you have a grievance with something, protesting it. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing that says you can't go out and and speak your mind, whether it's right, whether it's wrong from a factual standpoint. Um, You have that right to do so. Uh, For the most part, we still, as people, have the right to express our opinions, although that's a little debatable the last couple of years. That's not the problem people protesting, marching, and chanting certain things. But when you get violent, and you're doing what's happening in Portland, or you're destroying property, or you're burning cars, or you're attacking people because of who they voted, then that is not your right. That is not. That's 1,000% wrong, and at least this morning... Bernie Sanders had the decency and the humanity to turn around and say, Enough's enough. Okay? So, you know, that's where that stands as well. Um, again, this is going to tie into some wrestling stuff. This is not just me going off on a rant about the election and, and all this stuff. It's not. Saturday night, Saturday Night Live, what Kate McKinnon did. And whoever thought that was a good idea was disgusting. This is not a time for a somber type cold opening, as they call it, like that. You know when the time for that was after the Orlando shooting, and guess what? It never happened on Saturday Night Live. So that it uncalled for, in my opinion. This listen, you can be frustrated. You could be confused, curious as to what happens next. You could be angry that your person didn't win. Okay? You you can but to be violent, vulgar not not really what you know, we're not really, you know, and and that's where this is wrong. And to be a hypocrite and all that stuff is uncalled for. 1,000% uncalled for. Why am I bringing this up on a wrestling show? Well, there's actually going to be two reasons. Number one is the news story. Well, number two is the news stories from the last We'll call it forty eight hours. And then there's the other aspect is instead of labeling people because of who they voted for, why don't you ask them why? There is no rhyme or reason why the minute you hear I voted for this one or I voted for that one label them. Okay, now, don't get me wrong. There are people who fit the labels they are given. I'm not saying that at all. Okay, I'm not saying that there aren't. But to label everybody who did a certain thing a certain way is wrong and hypocritical. Because you know what? If you want to play that game, there's a lot worse labels and tags that some of you can be hit with that I'm sure you wouldn't like. watch with that, and the reason why I bring that up is because even though it didn't happen in the page specifically, there were people, part of the group, that was kind of doing that this week, and I feel that stuff needs to stop. Okay, that's inappropriate. It's uncalled for, and like I said, be careful, especially if you live in glass houses. You may not like it when somebody throws something back at you. Now, why am I bringing this up? I, I, I know, I sound like a broken record. Why am I bringing this up on a wrestling show? Here's why. Number one. News broke yesterday that Linda McMahon, yes, Linda McMahon, might be up for a Trump cabinet position. This came from a report in the UK.
1: Here's Chris. Let me bring him in. Hey, Chris. Chris? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah.
0: Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, hey. Um, when you're on hold, do you hear what's going on? I I, I don't know. I know with blog talk you could, but did you, do you hear everything before you get unmuted?
1: Um, I can hear you talking briefly. I've okay. never actually tried to, uh, listen from the beginning. I usually, like, uh, with you and Nate, usually when I try, I, uh, try like five minutes in. But, uh, next time, I'll listen to the beginning and see how it goes.
0: Okay. All right. Because... Before we get on the Goldberg thing, there's two stories that, like I I said, I don't know how much you heard, that have come out and they kind of tie into, of course, everything that's been going on the last six six days. And, you know, the first thing is the Linda McMahon thing. I don't know if you saw this, but apparently Linda is seriously up for a cabinet position Mm -hmm. um, in – in the new administration coming in. They went PG when she ran for
1: Senate. Are you implying are that if she were to leave, then that would erase the main reason for them to be PG?
0: No, I was actually going to say, how much softer can they go if she holds a presidential cabinet position?
1: How much, what could they go?
0: How much oh, softer... Oh, oh.
1: Oh, you mean if she was? You mean if she was to join, would it be like a G-rated product? You mean right?
0: Like where? How much further back can we go? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, if she were to take that position, I believe it's like Secretary of Commerce. It's not like a major, major, but it's still going to be a presidential appointed cabinet position. I mean, it's still, you know, it's still what it's still. Pretty a, a big deal That's what I'm trying You know So Like I don't know How much You know I, I don't know Do you think It would affect The product at all Do you think She's distanced Enough from the product
1: uh, You know I don't think It would make That much of a Of a difference uh, I don't even Remember the last Appearance she had In WWE It's been that long I want to say The warrior induction of course. I mean like on T V, you uh, know. Was it,
0: <laughs> yeah. was it was it oh five when they were trying to like turn the whole family heel against Austin?
1: Yeah, that's that's the farthest the memory goes. When Austin I watched, did that. I'll
0: tell you right now, I watched Raw fifteen the other day, which was December two thousand seven, and mm. she was not on that show.
1: Right. Now I don't know if she
0: did yeah, I don't remember if she did any of the stuff during the, you know, illegitimate bastard son angle. I don't remember if she appeared.
1: I, I know Shane so. and Stephanie
0: did, but I don't, hmm. I don't know if she did.
1: My um, last memory of her was that Raw where uh, Austin gave them all a stunner. Last she night. did like
0: a week or two later, she did a pre-tape, and she was, hmm. she was so bad in her delivery trying to be a heel. You
1: know, <laughs> It never really fit her. When, yeah. I think of Linda Mc, when I think of Linda McMahon, I always think about that uh, WrestleMania 12 theme.
0: Like she, she, yeah, right.
1: She like, was the I remember only she one. She showed
0: up. She showed up like two weeks later and fired Jim Ross when everyone thought she was going to be the savior. That was her heel turn. Right. And then she did like I think Austin. It was when Austin was going to fight Coach with the stipulation at that Taboo Tuesday.
1: I remember that, that no showed Batista did it right because
0: because he was because they wanted him to lose to Coach and he was like I'm not coming out of retirement to lose to him. I thought you guys. We're putting me in this to kick his ass and win. Um, yeah, yeah. She did, like, a pre-tape before that. I think it was, like, Austin's last appearance. Mm-hmm. And it was just, her. she was trying too hard. She was like, Steve, if you don't win, he's fired. Like, the delivery was just so bad and hokey. i, I got to find it yeah. on the network.
1: was the only one I, of the McMahons that never really came off as a bad guy. No. Stephanie, it worked. Uh, Vince obviously it worked. Shane, when he wants to, can be a good heel, but yeah. I think I think he's better as a face. But even but
0: he, I'll, I'll <laughs> tell you though, even though she doesn't, she's obviously not a heel. Right. At least the justification for her turning made mm. sense. Like I was, I I was the one that stood by you all these years, and yet I'm the one you're stunning.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, at
0: makes... least at least it tied in,
1: you know. Mm-hmm. It
0: tied in well. Um, I,
1: I don't think uh, if she was in the president's account, I don't think it would make that big of a difference just yeah, because and, she's been gone for – I know a lot of casual fans that have, like, for instance, a lot of casual fans that uh, have just started – not just started watching, but let's just say fans that have been watching from, like – because 2008 was a starting point because that was when they uh, became PG, so I know a lot of fans that started watching. That was also that watching. last
0: real good shake-everything-up draft.
1: Right, that
0: right, was like right,
1: when right. Punk went, Batista went, like mm. everybody got.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of people
1: have told me that 2008 was really like the last like, real good year they had. But I know a lot of fans casually and, and hardcore fans that started watching there. And from that point to where we're at right now, Linda has not been on TV at all. So right. I know a lot of casual fans that they know Vince, of course. They know Stephanie. They know Triple H and now they know Shane, but they have no idea who Linda McMahon is. They would have right. to go on the network and, just to and, see who she is. And you
0: know what? I'll, I'll, you know, as, I'm kind of thinking of it as I go, and you know what? That was actually for all the hoopla and the coverage of the last, you know, 18 months or so. That really, his appearance at WrestleMania and even his little midsummer angle in 2009 when he when he bought Raw from Vince and, you know, all that stuff, that actually never came up. So, yeah, I, I, I think you're probably right. I don't think it will matter too much. mm mm-hmm. um, The other thing connected to this, I don't know if you heard about this over the weekend, the Joey Styles situation. Did you hear about this at all?
1: Yeah, Joey's an idiot pretty much. Um Joey is, um, it put it like this to the listeners out there. Um, like I actually, I heard about the, the flow thing, you know, the, the, it's a new streaming service that has a, a plethora of, of independent mm-hmm. uh, promotions and stuff like that. And, uh, I talked to Jay about it and, and we were talking about like, cause sometimes what we do, uh, I, I don't know how it is now. It's been a while since I checked out, but I know that Jay, uh, he has a new Japan world account and pretty much all of most of the PWP members were allowed to use this account. So if we want to look at New Japan, do some articles about it, stuff like that, you know. Um, and then for for a brief period, we all shared this WWE network account. So sometimes, you know, we we all trade each other's accounts. You know, like you pay this month, <laughs> you pay this month, stuff like that. So but we were talking about the flow thing, and he was like, "Are you going to get it?" And I'm like, "Well, um, honestly, like for me, the deal breaker would be like if they were to have Ring of Honor on there. I would really like to." Right? Yeah, yeah, I, I would really like a reliable way to watch Ring of Honor. That would be really cool. But right now, they have, like, Evolve and uh, a few other stuff. I mean, it's good, but to me, like, it's not worth the 20 bucks not yet anyway. Like, if they start, and I'm sure they'll be... a month? Yeah, yeah, it's 20 It's 20 so... Um, to me, like uh, the deal breaker for me is that they had like PWG and Ring of Honor because I would really like a reliable way. PWG
0: would be awesome.
1: Uh, right, right, right. Because it's so hard to find their stuff. It's, yeah. I know. I know. I know. Because um, when they do Bola Battle of Los Angeles, mm-hmm. I know some legit like really. Um, I know some legit like really powerful people. That legitimately cannot get in that show because that battle of Los Angeles it's is huge. like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's like, it's almost like, not to be silly, it's almost like the masters of wrestling, you know, the masters golf yeah. tournament. Yeah. You know, there's people that, because, you know, I live in the South and I know folks that have lived here. Their entire life and they've it never is. gone to the masters thing because it's so hard to get in oh, you know, yeah. i know i know there's a story uh will smith said in an interview once uh when they were doing suicide squad and they were asking interviews they're asking questions like you know you're not going to be an in independence day too how do you feel about that and then they were asking stuff like what do you do in your spare time and will smith is a big wrestling fan and he he frequents the la area frequently and And uh, he mentioned in the interview that he was trying to go to this PWG Mm -hmm. show, and and he couldn't get in. I'm like, Will Smith can't get in. I'm like, that's how hard it is to get in there. So if they were to put PWG or Ring of Honor on there, I would consider it. But until then, it's whatever. But to answer your question, um, Joey Styles was on this Evolve show. And the weird thing was um, I saw a clip on Twitter. Someone retweeted it and then the uh, the tweet was deleted. At the very beginning of the show, he was told specifically not to use any political jokes, and he even said it verbally himself, and then later on in the show he made one, so that's like if you go to work and your boss tells you not to do a certain thing, and right. then you do it anyway, so it's like I, I don't know where his mindset was, well, I don't know. If...
0: <laughs> to be honest with you, like, I get why he was fired from a I mean, Gabe, Gabe said it, you know, don't go down this road right now we're not here for this tonight and he went down and i don't know if you read joey's statement but joey took full responsibility for for it you know right. true professional you know what what's I that
1: guy's name um jeremy borash from tna yes. yeah yeah he was on twitter and he just he just you know he, he did a tweet and it was pretty clear he was referring to joey so what did borash tweet say I forget what the tweet said exactly. It wasn't like he obliterated Styles. He was just saying that some people have an ego and they think they can get away with saying stuff like that and you should always you know, follow the team leader. Or... I forgot exactly Baruch what said. Borash hasn't out.
0: done a quarter of the stuff Styles has done. Boris should keep his mouth shut.
1: Um, he's a good guy. I think he's underrated for how much of a worker he is. But Yeah. Borash, yeah. Yeah, especially with who he works for and the shit she's pulled in the last year,
0: Borash shouldn't be saying shit about anybody. Go look at your <laughs> boss if you want to go see a fucking ego. How, fuck <laughs> him. Um, well, here's I guess the other the, the other shoe dropping. Chikara has also fired, fired Styles. Yeah. Now here's the thing in the Chikara statement that I wasn't gonna go anywhere near this today. I really wasn't. I really, but the Chikara thing's got me a little hot. Let me get it because I just. He didn't, this is not what he did. Let me get the Chakar statement up. Okay. I'm going to just, power, I'm going to breeze through it. Uh, from Mike Quackenbush. Um, Events of the last few days, da, da, da um, is the art form that I love and is embarrassing behind the times. I know, okay. Uh. Effective today we are terminating our relationship with Joey Styles. Effective today we are instituting a zero tolerance party for mis- misogynistic, racist and or homophobic speech, written or verbal, whether it's directed towards our cast, our crew, and our patrons. That is great that you're doing that. The problem is, Styles didn't do any of that. Mhm. That's I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me. Maybe maybe it's just me in the sense that I'm going to be 40 this year, and you know what? (laughs) I remember a time where I could say, I don't like your shirt, and that was the end of it. It didn't lead to a mental breakdown or a five-night discussion on a news network with four panelists as to what is wrong with me for not liking your shirt.
1: The reality is, and this is just something that's just going to hurt a lot of wrestling fans, we keep watching wrestling and hope that it will get better. And there's no denying that the in-ring product has gotten better. It's better than it's ever been um, in general, not just in WWE, but just everywhere all across in different promotions. The problem is is that because of social media, the Internet and stuff like that, we exist in this PC era where um, you can't really get real It's not necessarily like real heel heat, but you can't really have a character and you can't do something or say something edgy because the moment you do, you have to go on social media and you have to apologize. I bet you
0: 50 bucks to a dollar, ROH, doesn't kill, but they're going to tweak the Titus, King, and Coleman stable.
1: Mm, Guarantee you.
0: Guarantee you they are going to water that thing down. Mm-hmm. Immediately, I don't know when yeah. to tape TV next, but I guarantee you because the, mm-hmm. the cabinet, that angle will be completely watered down now.
1: Right. I remember the one that got me where I knew, like, okay, like when, when CM Punk, when he was joking about Jerry Lawler's heart attack, um, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that Jerry, because Jerry, he's, he's all about the business. I mean, because when his mom Lawler died. Lawler totally he,
0: okayed everything. I right, know, right, yeah. right, right. And yeah, everybody so that, was freaking out.
1: Right, right. But even though I got it, like I can see how that one could make people feel uncomfortable, but I was like, whatever. But the one that got me was when Big Show was in that little filler feud with Rusev and he was just making fun of the of the Russian flag or the Bulgarian flag, whichever one it was. Mm-hmm. And and then um, you know, he just broke it. And, you know, we've seen worse things, like, you know, when Shawn Michaels was a heel back in the Attitude Era and he put the flag up his nose, to me, like, that's far
0: worse. Hogan snapped the Russian flag off the flagpole on Saturday night's main event back in, like, 85.
1: Right, right, right. You know, and and Big Show, he snapped the flag. And then I remember, like, Big Show went on Twitter and he apologized. And then WWE went on Twitter and he apologized. And the story behind that is actually pretty crazy because – my mom had told me the details about it because she follows a lot of political stuff. And what happened was Putin, like, Putin legitimately was upset by it. And then yeah. he, he, he like, he, like, contacted the United States, like, UN, UN nations. And then they contacted the government. And then they contacted yep. WWE. Yeah. And then they contacted Vince. Like, I know this sounds really stupid, but that's literally no, but
0: yeah, how no, it like, happened. Yeah, yeah. It literally <laughs>
1: made the pain of, like, it was stupid. an international
0: <laughs> incident. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I was like I was like, damn, I'm like, it's just a big show, dude. Like <laughs> like if like if someone edgy like Kevin Owens or or Dean Ambrose or someone like that did it, then yeah, yeah the, I mean the,
0: the minute the minute and Owens is Canadian, everyone forgets that, but the yeah. minute they ever put Owens in any type of international based feud, forget it. You, you you better you better close your eyes, you better cover your ears because
1: yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I, 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 You just, I, I, like you I just said, can't do heel stuff anymore You, you it's can't great say that Chikara, stuff anymore
0: And don't get me wrong It's great that Shakara put that policy in place And to be honest with you That policy should have been in place a long time ago But hey you know what Better late than never But if you're fi- firing Styles Because of that He didn't say any of that He didn't say anything racist towards Halloway He didn't say anything homophobic Towards Halloway he didn't say anything racist towards. I don't know is the ring the girl the ring announcer. I don't I don't know who she is. Is she white? Mm. Is she black? Is she Latina? Is she Asian? Well, I don't know what it, I don't know what she is. But um, he whatever she is, not nothing of what he said. And all he said to her was, and that brings me to you, okay? Nothing racial. Nothing homophobic. Nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like like mm. I don't. I un- like I said, I-, I understand why Gabe fired him. I understand why Evolve fired him, especially this past weekend. Everything being so tense and so, you know, uh, at a fever pitch right now, let's be, a di- let's be a distraction. Let's not be another part of it. And you know what? Like you said, if your boss tells you don't do this and you do it, at the end of the day you've got no one to blame but yourself
1: yeah, for yeah, whatever yeah. the consequences are. But you just uh, can't have too much fun these days Chicago anymore is,
0: it's like you know I mean i mean what's what I mean what's next? A girl who has a type is gonna not be allowed to have a type anymore because if mm. she doesn't like short guys, let's say let's say she likes guys that are medium to tall in height, what's the matter oh now she's got a, she's whatever you call it against short guys. You know, you got a guy that doesn't like a bigger girl. He likes a thinner girl. Oh, you know.
1: And you just can't do anything anymore. We just live yeah. in this PC era, and you know, when I think about that, you know, people are talking about ratings and and characters and stuff. But to me, that's one of the main reasons why it's very clear to me that just wrestling will never be as big as it used to be because no. you just you just can't you can't be characters. You can't, you
0: can't do characters. To generate heal, heat. Yeah, you know, the
1: you one can't. thing one thing I did when this happened in TNA like you know I and I still defend him to this day I I I agree maybe he took it a little too far but I've seen worse was that time in TNA when uh, Rude and Aries were a team and and Christy Hemme you know God bless her she's a nice person i've met her before but sometimes she just goes sometimes she just goes autopilot and she's just you know i've never been a a professional announcer before so when you've been to so many shows you just you know maybe they just go autopilot but you know it was clearly a match of aries and she called him rude and aries was like wait a minute he just went in the ropes and then he just posed and his crotch was like right in front of her and people were just i mean sure what aries did was wrong but what got me was people were just kind of blowing it out of proportion. It wasn't like his crotch was directly in right. her face. It wasn't like right. he it's not was like doing ran a D by the back of the head and was like, Come here, you know. right, right. right. It wasn't like he was doing a DX job. Like if you wanna if you want to see some like really crazy, like demeaning stuff, look at what some of the stuff Adam Cole does in P W G Not look, even that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, look I, at how
0: many times Triple H has gone went off on used to go off on Lillian Garcia. You want right, many.
1: right. Right. You know, Ooh. I thought what Aries did was funny. I mean she wasn't paying attention Aries went in there and gave it a receipt. I mean, he couldn't, you know, forum her or slap her, so he just, he trolled her, you know, and I thought it was funny. I thought it was great heat, and I thought it fit Aries, and I remember everybody was flipping out, and, and TNA and Aries apologized, and I was yeah. like, "This is oh, fucking Ares, stupid." Ares, TNA may fire
0: Aries, yeah, it
1: was, yeah. That was stupid, you know. It, it was, it was at that because at that point in time when they were doing it, like I still, because Aries and Root were kind of like in these weird positions where, like, I still had hope because I was like, okay, because like they were in this position where it was like they were, they were still in the mix for tag titles, and they could still like being in the chase for, like, a, a, a yeah. world title. But then they it was after pop that... a world
0: title feud out of nowhere, and it would make sense.
1: Right, yeah. but after that moment happened, that was kind of when I knew, like, okay, like, Aries should just... Like,
0: Aries is done. Yeah. Yeah. He should. He
1: should just leave and like go especially, somewhere else. And,
0: and especially with a female owner at the time like Dixie. That, yeah.
1: He wasn't, yeah.
0: He wasn't bouncing back from that.
1: But I uh, I defended Aries, you know, and I still defend him. Like he, maybe he could have gone about it a different way, but like he what that was was that was. But what
0: was he supposed that... to do? What was he supposed? What was he supposed to do? Like you said, he's not going to hit her. He's not going to recede her physically. If he right. goes and gets her in the back. Then, you know, hey, you tell me, I tell you a story, you tell somebody else a story. Next thing you know, right. a story about me ordering pizza turns into me playing center field for the New York Yankees. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But what, <laughs> when that story would get out, it would have, you know as well as I do, it would have turned into like Aries, like belittled her, bullied her, you know, verbally yeah, was, assaulted her. You know what been I'm saying? When it could have just been story. Aries has been like, you're an idiot, you know? You know what I'm saying? But how it would get spun. You know, you know how it would have gotten spun. You know, yeah, Emmy would have been in in tears in the fetal in a fetal position, crying in the corner. You know, mm. like it would have.
1: But so the it, reason why it, it, I liked it so much was because, like, how many times do you see like a botch on a wrestling show, and then like the wrestler in particular takes advantage of it? Or, like that's what Harry's did. Like okay, yeah. she botched his name. And he took advantage of it as, a, as, as an excuse to get heat. So I respected him for that because I was like, not that many people would, will do that anymore. They'll just right. be like, oh, okay. So, but I mean, to me, like, I mean, obviously, this is a different story. But just you know, it, it just it, it just lets you know this just this is not just a WWE thing. This is a wrestling no, it's thing not. in general. It's not, and you know, exactly, exactly. You know what? And and I know people <laughs> will
0: say, well, Evolve has a relationship with WWE. I saw somebody say that that. Gabe wasn't going to let that fly because he didn't want to risk his relationship with W.W.A. Right. I'm so. sure while Hunter was sitting at MSG for UFC Saturday night, he didn't go, fuck, that, that, that Styles made a grammar by the pussy joke. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know yeah. what's next
1: for Styles. Um, I think he's done. I'm going to be honest with you. I yeah, think he's It's done. unfortunate because... Uh... He's very talented, and he, he, he could definitely be a good commentator. And it's not just
0: on, it, yeah, but he's also, he's also not just talented on camera. This, a lot of the dot-com stuff mm. is because of him. You know, he was the one that kind of took the... Him and Shane were kind of the guys that took that com by the fucking balls and just shook it upside down and took it from, you know, your hokey, you know, rest, mm. to a lot... Like, when WWE was doing the industry news, that was Styles back in the day. You know the whole thing. A lot of that stuff was, was styles, you know. But, you know. Yeah,
1: it's unfortunate he, because yeah, I, definitely but, think, uh, I, I definitely think I definitely think if you if you
0: hired him as a wrestling company, you'd have to keep it hush hush. Which means Dixie will turn around and parade him on the next set of Impact tape. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, I was gonna say, uh, if uh, if he was like on Ring of Honor or TNA, they could really use him. But because of this. I could definitely see one of those things where everyone just kind of leaves them alone, let the heat die down, and maybe privately discuss some stuff with them later. Yeah. Um. Another story I wanted to discuss was uh, there's there's currently a video going viral on uh YouTube. I actually saw it on Facebook when I logged on this morning. I checked it out. At first, I thought it was satire, but it's real. Um, the YouTuber name right now escapes me, but I can tell you the name of the video. It's a video on YouTube and it's called The Rise and Fall of uh, GFW, GFW, Global Force Wrestling. That, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's. Uh, which, you that, know what,
0: it's funny you mentioned that. After you're done with this, I actually have, there's something I can bring up GFW related, which will just be the epitome of what's going on with this company. But yeah, I, I right. saw you posted that somewhere. Or someone so, did, yeah.
1: So the, the the weird thing about the JFW thing was Jeff Jarrett just came back to TNA about a year ago, and the strange thing about it was he came back like during the build of Bound for Glory. So a lot, at the time, a lot of folks thought that it was going to be like this massive TNA versus Global Force at Bound for Glory. But then they finished it like two weeks before Bound for Glory, which it's just typical LOL TNA right there. Mm-hmm. And basically, he used TNA as a stepping stone to to get his brand out there. And uh, you know, he, he I remember they made a big deal about it, and um, he kept talking about how it was going to be like the next big boom and uh he had all these different people that were like making appearances on his show so like that first month it seemed very promising and i remember they were talking about some of the folks they signed and uh they had guys like uh uh Tomaso Champa uh, Anderson and Luke Gallows, Mickey James, Magnus,
0: yeah, you,
1: <laughs> Bobby Roode. I mean, it looked really good. Like that first Eric month, Young, yeah, yeah, that first month. And then, like you know, and to his credit, to his credit, you know, and I'm just being real. Like when they when they started, um, when they started, JFW was a it was a bridge to that New Japan show because uh-huh. that Wrestle Kingdom, that Didn't Wrestle Kingdom they, like, 90- present it? Right, 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 right. Because what happened was the, the Bullet Club they had endorsed Jeff Jarrett as an honorary member, and there was this. Yeah. It was like a, it was a New Japan show where Jarrett showed up. I think it was AJ against Tanahashi, and then Jarrett showed up with a guitar, and you didn't know who he was going to hit. And they teased it like he was going to hit AJ, but then he hit Tanahashi instead. bed uh-huh. yeah. So they and they made him a, 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 a honorary Bullet Club member, and so to his credit. That JF, uh, when Go- when Jared first started Global Force, it was a good bridge because what happened was there's a lot of casuals that never heard of, uh, that didn't watch New Japan. JFW gave them that bridge, and so and that led to the Wrestle Kingdom 9 show. And that was the show with Nakamura and Ibushi, uh, AJ now, wasn't and it Naito. The show that Ross,
0: didn't like Ross and Stryker do the commentary right, right, on that show? Right, right, yeah. right.
1: Stryker and J. Right, That was my first real exposure to to new Japan. And that was really what got me started. And that was all because of the whole, uh, global Force kind of trade thing. Cause the way it happened, like when it first started, they made it seem as if global Force was going to be like this big crossover promotion where like everybody from different companies would like wrestle each other. Cause when it first started, it was like, you saw TNA dudes, you saw ring of honor dudes. You saw like guys from new Japan. It just seemed like this really big crossover. So like that first month and a half to two months, it looked very promising, and, you know, we were talking about they were going to get a show and how they were going to have green ropes, and everyone was like, okay. And then what happened was and um, another friend of uh, uh, an associate of PWP, uh, uh, Evan, also known as Tech, who was in charge of Under the Mat Radio, a, a Baltimore-themed uh, wrestling promotion they have over there, and I've been friends with them for a while, and we actually had the privilege of interviewing Jeff about um mm, i'd say about eight or nine months ago we had him for 30 minutes we were supposed to have him for an hour and 45 but then the agent called us and told us that we only had him for 30 and what really happened in my opinion i'm just going to be honest with you you know i don't i don't i just get straight to the point when it comes to interviewing folks is i told jack i told jared in the most respectful way possible i said sir i respect your work i respect what you're doing but in 2016 in the age of social media you need a tv outlet to survive point blank so if you don't have a tv sh- if you don't have a TV network deal you got to have something on hulu netflix some kind of streaming service YouTube, something yeah something yeah so i said when's the tv deal coming and, and when we asked him that he just changed the subject or he just sort of shrugged it off and dismissed it or kind of answered it but not really in, in a typical politician kind mm-hmm. of way and it just became very apparent to me. I'm like, well, if I had a TV deal, you guys are fucked. How can we talk about GFW if we don't know what's going on? And, you know, I've heard stories of people that have told me that they've gone to GFW shows, and they've told me that it's mostly just local guys that they've never even heard of, and that every, set, every now and then, like a Kevin Nash or or someone like that would show up. And I remember like going on their roster about two to three months ago, and you could tell like their roster hasn't been updated because half the folks that were on the roster are not even there anymore. Like I checked on their roster like well, two you, months you ago. You know
0: funny about that? If they ever did get a TV deal, and they can't even air half of what they got taped because the Bullet Club, because of Bobby Roode, because of Eric Young, because, the, because of Champa. Because those guys are all signed,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you can't. So, you know, and from what I hear, someone mentioned about Magnus with the whole Mickey James thing. Is there any chance of Magnus maybe you know getting a look and getting a deal? And supposedly, they won't let him out of a of, of his deal.
1: Like he's the only Magnus is the only one. The only one. Yeah, as far as I know, he's the only one. I think he's their champion, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's the only one that uh, – he's the only guy from their roster that I think, like, hardcore wrestling fans would recognize him, yeah. and everybody else is just, like, local dudes. Only or, the,
0: topics, the topic has come up about, you know, oh, you know, with Mickey, you know, maybe – and the answer is not as long as he's signed to Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett will not let him out of the deal. And But speaking of LOLGFW, which may become a new thing, apparently the Bollywood Boys – who are the GFW tag team champions have signed WWE deals and are moving to Florida before the end of the year. <laughs>
1: mm. So, <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, uh, real quick, something else that just came out because it looks like it's going to be that type of day for Joey styles. Um, who else is it? Uh, backyard. Uh, was is it, is it backyard? Was it back? What? Beyond wrestling has canceled his appearance this weekend.
1: Yeah, it's just one of those things where uh, he'll just have to lay low for a while and a lot of different other companies will just treat him like the plague for a while until stuff cools down. I remember reading a story about Fit Finley uh, being in trouble one time because they did some... uh, What did they do? They did some type of show.
0: I think they had somebody interrupt the national anthem.
1: Right, and he, and he took heat for that, and for a while, like, they just kind of, like, ignored him for, like, two, yeah. three months, and then when things kind of blew over, they yeah. uh, talked to him again.
0: They were, they were at, like, they might have been in, like, Virginia, like, somewhere with, like, the military base nearby or something, I think there were a couple servicemen there, and apparently, whoever it was, it was a heel, and it was, again, like you said, just to get heat, came out and interrupted the anthem and cut a promo, blah, 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 it, I mean, it very well could have been Rusev cuz i think it happened around 2000 if it around that time i think it happened like 2 years ago so if it it could have been rusev coming out to get heat and apparently some of the service people who were there got offended and finley took the fall for it cuz like mm-hmm. he was the producer on duty on the show or the lead producer for the show whatever mm-hmm. and yeah he took heat for it uh so <coughs> and real quick because um, I, I, I want to get into this Goldberg thing um, Now they're advertising Taker As Undertaker is stepping back Into a WWE ring On Tuesday night I don't know it, I feel like this Smackdown 900th episode And Taker appearing Has kind of gotten lost in the shuffle Of everything else With Survivor Series The 205 the The UFC even I feel like I feel like this Taker coming back and what it could lead to should be a bigger deal than what it is. Eh, I don't know. Am, I, am, I, am hmm. I missing something on Taker, or you know, has it? Has no, you're it not Martin's missing
1: t- anything. It's, it's pretty much we've talked about it already. Um, Taker just respects Vince, so Vince can give him a yeah. call and say, "Hey, show up," and Taker will show up. So, yeah. Um, me personally, I've always thought Taker should not be advertised. He should just randomly show up. He's Taker. You know, that's what makes them so exciting. Is when he you just can, randomly shows You can do that when up. the
0: ratings are solid. When the ratings are what they are, you you need every sort of pop you can get.
1: Yeah, so I imagine there'll probably just be some segment where he'll save Kane or whatever. But that's what
0: I'm thinking.
1: You know, that's what I'm so. thinking. I'm
0: thinking Kane is taking a beating from the Wyatt's and Orton, and mm. you know, Taker comes down and makes the save. I see mm. some sites speculating that oh, his WrestleMania build is going to
1: start. I mean, that's it's fine. For
0: that. It's too uh, early for
1: that. I, I kind of prefer that, though. I mean, it's not like he's going to be around that much anyway. So,
0: yeah.
1: what I would do is, if, you know, since, since they're not going to do A.J. Sean, uh, some people are <sighs> saying, do A.J. Taker at Rumble. Um, it's in Texas, you know, so they got to put some type of, they're trying really hard to get some type of Texas draw. And your yeah. options are Austin, Taker, and Sean. And you're a more realistic options taker, you know, assuming yeah. you're not going to just get somebody from NXT like a Joe or a Nakamura and just shoot them to the moon in like a month and a half, which I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're just going to save Joe for Rumble, and I think Nakamura uh, I will just Joe stay down there.
0: I heard Joe might be up in the next three weeks.
1: Okay. Well. I, I heard he,
0: he'll, pro, he'll, he'll follow the suit, lose the title rematch, work the tapings, put somebody over, and go main roster. Okay. I heard there
1: that's, is. That's possible.
0: I, I, that's, that, that's what I heard as of a couple of weeks ago.
1: I would like was, to see that. That's possible. I would like to see Joe on SmackDown, but my gut tells me he'll be on Raw. I don't agree with that. I, but, have, a, I
0: have a feeling. I, hmm. I know what they. I know what Joe's gonna. I have a feeling. I know what they're gonna do with Joe on Raw. I, I just. I have. I have a feeling.
1: Yeah, know, that, but uh, <sighs> if, if if they're not gonna do anything else, then you know I'm seeing some fans say AJ Taker, just because they got to give him something to do. Yeah. Um, for Rumble, and it's Texas, and it's just and one can, match you know, anyway.
0: And you could segue Cena into that so easily to get to the Taker-Cena match at Mania. Like,
1: he probably I, could. Well, let's see, what I would do is I would, oh, I is, I would have a, mm-hmm. Okay, what, what were you going to do? And I what, would say what, I, what I would do is if I was booking is I would have like Taker come back and then have like AJ interrupt him. And AJ basically is like, you know this isn't your show anymore, this is my show, I'm in the face that runs the place, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, Taker could basically be like, you're not the first person that said that to me, and you're definitely not going to be the last, you know. You're yeah. <laughs> demons, hellfire, yeah. your usual Taker stuff. Yeah. And AJ's basically like, get out of my ring, old man. And basically, you tease something. And, mm-hmm. uh, of course, you know, Brian and Shane can't have, um, Brian, Brian can't have his WWE champion, you know, fighting Taker, before the Survivor Series match, and so mm-hmm. I'll have, like, a send-down, like, have a bunch of refs and people uh, break them up, and then, of course, have the showdown between, or not necessarily showdown, but the stare-down between Taker and Shane because, you know, they had their match, mm-hmm. you know, and so then after that, uh, Shane, uh, he goes into business for himself and has uh, has uh, AJ booked to fight Taker at uh, Rumble or something like that, and then, mm-hmm. Brian and Shane, you know, tease some, tease some dissension between them because the difference is, is that you know everything Mick does for the most part, you know, he tells Stephanie about, and it seems like everything that Brian and Shane do, they're both in agreement with. So they're far, They're gonna be we the haven't... one that
0: falls apart first. They are. They're gonna <laughs> right. be the one that falls apart first. I, I know everyone thinks Foley and Shane and Stephanie will, but I, yeah, I, I right. I mean, you watch that talking smack. There's sometimes where Brian like goes after Shane a little, like... Right, right, right. Right.
1: So then so then I would have Shane book AJ versus Taker, and then Brian will be like, you know, dude, what the fuck? You just, you can't book our WWE champion and match against Taker without my consent. And Shane's basically just doing it, like, out of spite and bitterness because of his match with Taker. And then AJ has a match with Taker at Rumble. Uh, AJ wins there, it's Rumble. And then after that, you could basically just, if you still wanted to go the the Cena-Taker direction, if that's the direction he wanted to go, then um, what you could do after that is you could have Taker come out and basically say that, uh, you know, he lost, and uh, AJ's the future, blah, 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 and then basically have Cena interrupt him, and Cena's basically like, you know, you don't have it anymore, you got one more good match in you, blah, 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 because you have two guys that have, basically you have two guys that have both lost clean, to AJ, and Taker's like, you know, there's not much left for me to do, and Cena's like, you got one more match left, and stuff like that. The problem with Cena is they're kind of in a predicament, because um, Cena's just one title away from uh, tying Ric Flair. Yeah,
0: supposedly, he doesn't want it. Oh, supposedly I believe that. He,
1: I, I believe he does, that. He does
0: not want it. Uh, I
1: believe that. But Him and Hunter have,
0: have said they don't, they don't want it.
1: Supposedly. Right, but of course, you know Vince. So, 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 the predicament that they have is you could do Cena Taker at Mania, but then there's also a lot of people saying that they're going to do Cena AJ at Mania, and then have Cena tie the record there. And then if you're going to really have someone tie Ric Flair's record, the only show you could do that on is WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah. No other show. You can't have a. You can't have someone tie Ric Flair's record on some random B show. Maybe wow. a SummerSlam, but WrestleMania is the only show yeah. you could do that. So they they got to choose between Cena Taker and. Cena, AJ. So, here's what I would
0: do. Here's what I would do. I would do the exact same thing with Taker and AJ at the Rumble. I would have Cena, I guess, come back in December, whatever, announcing he's going to be in the Rumble. The entire time, you have AJ taunting the hell out of Cena, because Cena, Cena can announce he's going to be in the Rumble. He's going to win it. He's going to take the title off AJ. The entire time you could have AJ be like, nah, ha, no you're not, ha, ha, I beat you, blah, 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 blah right? Hmm. He gets in Cena's head to the point where during the title match, Cena actually comes out and costs Taker the match. With oh. the mindset being, fuck this, no one's going to beat you but me.
1: That's almost I, a heel turn, though. Wouldn't well, you agree?
0: Yeah. And, he's gonna and, be booed. I mean, fine. he's gonna, he's gonna yeah, be booed on.
1: for that. That's
0: fine. Okay? Cena's in the rumble. Cena has one of those runs where he comes in and clears house. Cena comes in at like fifteen and throws out like four guys, and it's just Cena. As Cena does that, taker's music hits. Boom. Throws Cena out. Going a little old school with this. Cena gets the shot at February. Cena goes to Shane and says, listen, he cost me, I didn't get a shot at the title, I want my shot at AJ. Okay, you'll get your shot at whatever the February pay-per-view is going to be. Taker costs Cena, your match with Taker and Cena is then made for WrestleMania.
1: Mm. Okay. Uh, deep down, I mean, your booking sounds good. It sounds a lot better than mine. Um Deep down, though, like, if you were to, like, I'll just be honest, I really don't have an interest in that match. I think it's like four or five years too late. I get why they're doing it, but um, it's, I, I think it, it wouldn't be. To me, the time to do that match was in 2009 or 2010. That was the time to do it. And at the time, they just had different plans for different people. That that one that that last Raw they did in Madison Square Garden where taker tombstone Cena. Them. That, that, everyone that mother the Mullah thought that's yeah. where we were going. Everyone thought we were going. Yeah, that was the time to do it. But they went in a different direction. Sean wanted to do a rematch, he wants to retire. And yep. then Batista did his Hollywood thing and it mm-hmm. it worked. They didn't they didn't really realize you know, on paper it just seemed like a Batista heel turn, but they you know the heel turn it worked. It hit. You know? it, was, it was
0: one of those times where this is this could be so good. Why won't they do it?
1: Right. And then you, you know. look at the
0: alternative, and you look back at it, and you're like, all right, you know what? Plan B
1: worked too. You right.
0: know, right. As,
1: as good as A would have been, B worked. So just you know. So in retrospect, what I would have did was you know what they did at Mania 26 was fine, but Mania 27 was a flop. So mm-hmm. I would have did Cena Taker there, but what again, Cena, at, oh yeah, Cena did Miz. Cena right. Was, yeah. Right. No offense to Miz fans or anything, and and you know, but to me that that show was a you could do without you could do without pretty much every major match on that show. You could you could pretty much rebook that whole that, show. Remember
0: that that should have been Taker, Barrett, and Sheamus, Triple
1: H. Right. Off of right. the way
0: everything was left, that's what that show should have been, and that's right. what that's what everything was looking at for that show. And then they just were like, "Yeah, no, we're gonna go." When
1: when you go on Google and you like. You know, Google those, you know, rebooking of certain shows. Uh, Mania 27 is actually, like, one of the most rebooked wrestling shows of all time. <laughs> That's how bad. Yeah. 27's rebooked a lot. Uh, 25 is rebooked only a lot. The thing would have said
0: that I haven't seen a lot of people really mention with 27 is, I know a lot of people crap on Del Rio Edge. You know, I would have done, I would have done, and again, this was not knowing what Edge's situation was with his health. This would have been assuming I could have gone in a few more months out of Edge, I would have done, the only that I've seen people that I disagree with is, I would have done an Edge-Del Rio-Christian triple threat. It should
1: have been. That should have been the direction. Because Christian could in. have
0: had the claim that he beat Del Rio.
1: He but did. Del Rio
0: could have had the claim, well, fuck that,
1: I won the Rumble. And I remember as Christian went on Twitter, that was when I first started getting into Twitter, because I remember he had been cleared, and he posted a tweet where he said that, um, his goal in 2011 was to become the world heavyweight champion, and if that means to have to go through Adam, mm-hmm. then so be it. Because he didn't call him Edge; he called him Adam because yeah. that was his real name. Yep. And then in the storyline, it was their real that took him out, and mm-hmm. then you know Edge won so, that a elimination. A lot of
0: it made a lot of it made sense mm-hmm. if you wanted to go that route and get to a triple threat.
1: They could have. They could have. It makes me wonder. That's that's what I always wonder about too. Like I always wonder what the direction was because Christian came back and he saved Edge because The Real attacked him. And I At remember the they had, Chamber. Right, and they had two really good singles matches. You know they had think, one you know good I, single. You know what
0: I honestly have always thought, Chris.
1: To be honest mm-hmm. with you,
0: and I and I I I, I love Christian. I, I I mean in o in o four o five I thought if there was ever a time to pull a trigger on him. It was it was then.
1: Mm.
0: I think despite what everyone has said publicly, I think they knew about Edge a lot sooner.
1: Oh, 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 I believe that. They just probably didn't think it was as serious as they
0: I that's <laughs> what I, I that's what mm. I think. And I'm sure it was a case of well can he get through mania? Mm. Kinda like Angle in O three. Can he get to mania? Right. You know, and Yes. Okay, well, we'll get through Mania and then we'll deal with it from there.
1: And one of my favorite segments (laughs) that I remember was uh, I remember that uh, Christian had two really good matches with the Rio. They had like a singles match and they had a cage match, really good, and Christian beat them. And the segment that I remember, and I remember like, you know, one of my biggest beasts with SmackDown was um, the, uh, you know, the, the edited in fan reactions, but. There was one reaction that they had, and you could tell that it wasn't like a, a fan. Ad. You could tell it was the fans in the arena. It was it was like about maybe – it was like two weeks before Mania 27, I'm not sure. And there was like a, a, a backstage segment where Edge was being interviewed, and like Christian was in the background, and uh, uh, Edge had the World Heavyweight title like against a chair, like it was laying against a chair. And Edge was getting ready for a match, I think, against Brotus Clay. And so like Edge left the room – And then Christian, he went back in the room, and he just kind of, like, he, like, stared at the title. Like, he stared at it, and then Edge just came in really slowly and then picked up the title and then put it, like, on his shoulder and then walked off. And I remember the fans, it was like, oh, like, oh. Like, hmm, like, like, where's this going? You know, and it was like, I really wanted to see where they were going to go with that, but we'll never know. Because I think if
0: Edge, knowing, knowing, hearing stories about Edge, I think if Edge would have had his way, he would have put Christian over on the way out.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I'm just wanted to know, like, what, what the direction would have been. Like, yeah. would they have turned and heel? Or would Edge have gone heel? Like, what would it have been a ladder match? Would it have been a regular? Like, that's what I want to know. And we'll just never know, you know. That's my biggest regret for Edge and I, I Christian. I think the
0: plan was always to get the belt to Del Rio. I think the problem was they thought they might have thought they had more time with mm-hmm. Edge. I think they thought they could have probably gotten to the summer, you know, once Edge had to, I guess, have surgery, you know, whatever, you could have spawned it off into Christian Del Rio. And then when, if Edge was able to come back, figure out what you were going to do with Edge, Christian, you know, later on. I, I, I've heard people say, oh, Orton was always the plan. I, I don't buy that at all. I think that was a bargaining chip to get Orton to smack down
1: what happened with Orton and you know to this day like you know I I fought against it then and I and I still oh, fight against it now yeah. the, the the problem that they had was um raw was always stacked um when you look at like the the mid 2000s like oh five, oh six, oh seven, oh eight, whatever it was always like Cena, H B K, Triple H, Batista, Orton. You had all you always had like a lot of sharks on Raw. Whereas SmackDown would have like maybe one or two sharks and a bunch of other big fish. Mm-hmm. Orton never really had his his real time to shine because every time he was champion he always had like Triple H or Batista or Jericho or JBL. There was always like some other heel that was just kind of like behind them. So their mentality was that by sending Orton to SmackDown, they wanted to make him the face of the brand, and they wanted to focus it and center it on him. The reason why I disagreed with it at the time, not just because I want a Christian to win, but I figured that if you focus the belt on a De Rio or on a Christian at the time, you had a lot of dudes on SmackDown that were like in the upper mid card that if they were to fight like, say, for instance, there's dudes like Shelton Benjamin, jack swagger mvp john morrison there's a lot of these dudes that are like in the upper mid cards and if you were to have any of those guys i just said fight like a batista or like orton or triple h it just would have looked tacky but if you did like shelton or jack swagger versus the or like christian versus the or like you know it, it would have made it would have been more believable it would have been a great way to 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 outlet the newer guys over, it. and just what I did not like about SmackDown was every time they had a chance to to push the, the belt or to make new stars, that SmackDown during that period of time, during 2010, 2011, 2012, they would consistently put it on guys that didn't need the belt. Like in 2010, uh-huh. when they put it on on um, when they were having Jack Swagger. Of all people feuding with the Big Show, like that was stupid. And then they put it on Rey Mysterio, and then they put mm-hmm. it on Edge, and then they put it on on okay. Orton. And, you know, we, we
0: could spend we could spend three days on all the things they did wrong with the Jack
1: Swagger <laughs> title reign. And now I can
0: tell you how straight out that the Jack Swagger reign could have been amazing. We could spend three days on that. I have always. <laughs> mapped out the Swagger reign all the way back in 2010, and I'm still convinced that, you know what, anybody who hears my plan for what Swagger should have been would, would tell me straight out, uh, yeah. Man, it works. <laughs> I, remember,
1: I remember fucking uh, Eric Santa Maria from uh, the Wrestling uh, Roundtable. You remember that guy? I'm sorry to hear that. I, I remember him, and I remember him like he almost legitimately choked on his Coke because I was at a bar with him, and what pay-per-view was it? Was it? No, backlash was already dead. Was it Extreme Rules? I don't know what show it was. When he, tell me what it happened, was, and I'll tell you the show. It was the show where Jack Swagger fought Randy Orton and beat him. It was a, It was like it a was a no Extreme DQ. Rules. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was when Jack Swagger when he beat Randy Orton. He like choked on his coke, like he didn't really think. He, when Swagger beat Orton, he was like, "These fuckers are serious." If only the coke would have finished the job. <laughs> if only. But oh, he was he was, just, he was just so caught off guard. He was like, because he didn't think the push was that serious. And I was like, yeah, yeah, they're pretty serious about him. I think what happened was, I remember what put him on the map was, I think Swagger had that one really good match of Cena on Raw that one time. That's what it was.
0: He, he it, was what Swagger was doing was, he was the ECW champ. And every now and then for, like, I think the draft shows and the special, like, they would do, like, a three-hour show, like, twice a year.
1: And Swagger
0: would come on, and you're right, he'd face Cena, or he'd face Orton, or he'd face one of the top guys. And you'd walk away, and you'd be like, holy shit, Swagger's good. Mm -hmm. You know, he'd lose, but Swagger would look so good in those matches. And then, yeah, they moved him, what did they move him over to? Raw, SmackDown, whatever, they moved him over, and Mm -hmm. then... He was, I remember the bill to that money in the bank. He would just cut a pro. He would come out, he'd do commentary while the other guys would have matches. And and he and, he I I didn't really do anything.
1: He didn't do anything, but he kept
0: saying it on commentary. He's like, I'm going to win.
1: Mm. And, and he won. <laughs> and he won. <laughs> yeah, you had right, Kofi the time... in that
0: match who everyone, his push had kind of died down at that time. But everyone thought Kofi was the early favorite. I think Galloway was in that match. And it was yeah. like, all right, well, they're gonna, maybe they're finally going to pull the trigger on Galloway. Morrison wasn't in it. And then wasn't that was that the one with Christian and Matt Hardy or was that the pay per view? Right.
1: That was that was them. The, the favorites okay. going into that match Where they were, were kind of the, playing
0: up like, oh, we're the veterans of
1: this because it the, was... Right. The favorites going into that match were uh Galloway, Kofi and Christian because Kofi's push had gone down a little bit but he was still – the fans were still into him.
0: He was Galloway still was the IC he champion. he could have gone either way, yeah. Right,
1: right. Galloway was the IC champion, and he was dubbed as Vince's chosen one, and he yep. was the most overheel in the match. And then Christian, he had just come off that really long ECW title reign. The brand had finished, and then when ECW finished, the guys had the option of going to Raw or SmackDown. Right. And he, quite, he, and he quietly – yeah. Yeah, he quietly went to Raw, and he wasn't really doing anything, and and during that entire bill, Swagger was just sort of there, but I know what you're talking about, because I remember that, well, the backlash is back now, but before they brought backlash back, the last backlash was the one in 2009, and that opening match was Christian against um, Jack Swagger, and they had a really good match. Really good. And then he had a really good match against Cena. And I remember he had a he had a match against Triple H on one Raw, too, where it was good. Yeah. So it was like when he was given the chance to have a really good match with somebody, he, delivered. he would. But then if he was to go up against, like, an MVP or a Carlito or, like, a Santino, he would, like, he stand back. He almost worked
0: down to whoever he was facing. He almost worked down
1: mm-hmm. to where
0: the guy was on the card. Not saying that Carlito or Benjamin or MVP were bad workers.
1: But right. His
0: work he he adjusted his work to where you were on the
1: card right he's like to me swagger is like the dude that like when you're a student and you say hey man you got this big exam like he'll make an a on that but like when it comes to pop quizzes he would fail every single one yeah. or not fail but like barely, barely passing. Passed. like yeah like c minus or or d yep. or something like that and so in the, at the end of the day like you can get an a in the exam But if all your quizzes are like C minuses, you're still gonna gonna accumulate like a
0: B minus. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, you know that's kind of like what happened to him, sort of. But I do remember that one really good match he had with Cena. So he, he, yeah, he, he
0: would, he would pop these up every now and then, and was like, wait a second, you know.
1: I even thought his match with uh, Rusev was good. Uh, Not the first one, but the second one. They had a second match. I forgot what pay per view it was. Um, that was the match where I really was impressed with Rusev. I forgot what it was. Rusev felt really good in that match. I don't remember what show it was. Uh, Coulter was still a swagger. Um, they had, like, a match, um, and swagger was working on Rusev's leg the entire, um, match. Was it a leg
0: match? Or was it, hmm? no, I think it was on Raw.
1: No, 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 so, it was a pay-per-view so... match.
0: Oh, wait, it's not, okay, it's not the match on main event? Because they also had a really good main match on main event.
1: What like, I that remember swagger what I... actually won... Swagger
0: actually wins by DQ. Rusev hits him with, like, the flag, and that was even really good. Yeah, Swagger and Rusev worked really well
1: together. What I I remember about the finish was Swagger had worked on Rusev's leg the entire match, and then when Rusev put him in the accolade, like, Rusev was really good at the selling because when he was choking Mm -hmm. Swagger out, like, he still had that look of pain because... Yeah, he was selling his foot that that it was a strain on him. Right, right. And so, like, then when the referee, like, when Swagger passed, because I don't even think Swagger tapped out. I think he passed out. And then when the ref rung the bell, like, Rusev actually, like, fell. Because, like, like, normally he'll That's make the flag him tap match. out.
0: That's hmm? the flag match. That's the flag he, match.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really impressed with both of them there. That was probably, yeah. that, that was, like, Rusev's best match to me. Uh, as far as, like, psychology is concerned, selling and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't mean to get off topic, but swagger yeah, Swagger's no, no, no. good. He's good. I don't. I don't really know. I, I I worry about him because, um, you know, obviously American Alpha is on SmackDown, and he's on SmackDown, and sooner or later Sheldon Benjamin is going to come back, and it's just a matter of time before Kurt Angle comes there. I'm I'm hearing some folks say that Angle should just like form this massive like this amateur wrestling stable. <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard that. That's
0: actually making the rounds too. Like even with Ziggler. I've heard even Ziggler mentioned for it that when Ziggler was kind of coming out for a little while with like the Kent State wrestling Mm -hmm. hoodie and I've actually heard that was kind of done on purpose that he that they're going to that yeah they were tossing that around like if he would have lost at No Mercy he was going to disappear for a while and then when this this stable which from what I hear is going to happen which at some point I mean it would be over he was going to come back within the stable
1: I've heard that. It would be over. I mean, if you were to just, like, have Shelton, uh, American Alpha, uh, Ziggler, Swagger, and, like, have Angle, like, be a manager, like, just this stable of guys to just mm-hmm. go in there and just, like, shoot out-wrestle you, I mean, it would work. I mean, that's how Roger Strong got over Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would work. Speaking yeah. of that, yeah, put Roddy in that stable, too, when he gets called up because <laughs> he can't talk very well. But I like watching him work. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oof. Swagger, oh uh, swagger, swagger, swagger. Uh, um, yeah. So
1: I think that's
0: it. Um, you wanna you wanna start the Goldberg thing?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. We can start it now.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. So um, I've been teasing the Goldberg thing for a while now, and like I said, ironically, earlier this year, I actually I think it was like uh like April Mayish. I was just uh, thinking of rebookings and stuff like that, and I just thought about Goldberg and and uh, at a better way to to do his streak. And I thought about it for a long time. And uh, ironically, <clears throat> Goldberg was in the newest WWE video game, and, and now he's back. So, but uh, we're gonna do uh, my reimagining of how I would have booked Goldberg and how his streak should have ended. And Stuff like that. Now, the truth is, a lot of fans think that Diamond Dallas Page should have ended the streak. If he, if DDP had ended it, I would have been fine with that. It would have it would have been fine. Um, but Kevin Nash and and I'll just be truthful. Uh, it, hindsight is twenty twenty. Fans give shit, fans give Nash a lot of shit. But the reality is, Nash was over, and the Wolfpack was very over. Uh, I think the Wolfpack is one of those things that I think fans need to go back. And they need to look at the Nitros, look at the shows. When the Wolfpack first started, see, to me, I never had a problem with the Wolfpack. The problem was the NWO behind the name was not needed. So if a bunch of guys had just looked at Hogan and said, fuck this guy, we're doing our own thing, and if they just made their own group called Wolf Wolfpack, I would have been fine with that. But they made an NWO uh, red and black, and to me, that was, that was the mistake. At the end of the day, everybody casual and hardcore agrees that when Sting beat Hogan at Starrcade, that should have been the end of the NWO, just point blank, mm-hmm. period. And yeah. I agree with that. So I never had an so issue with I, the I, I
0: would have been okay with it ending at, with the rematch.
1: the well, rematch, we, which would have been Super yeah, Brawl, right? That,
0: that would have been, yeah. I, I <clears throat> You know, and the only reason why I say that is because I've had conversations with people who are vehemently against the idea of there even being a rematch. And I'm like, no, you, you, you know, mm-hmm. you, you gotta have the rematch in this. You can't.
1: Right. Y- 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 no, no. Right, right. So, but the Wolfpack was over. You know, they 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 saw a lot of merch. They were really into it. Uh, fans liked the Wolfpack. It's just one of those things. In retrospect, you know, fans shit on it today, but if you look back at it from from that point, which is really hard to do, but um, you know, it, it, it the Wolfpack was over. So a lot of fans are behind Nash. So, well, my rebooking is basically with Nash still ending the streak but in a different way. And uh, I never had a problem with Nash beating Goldberg. I just had a problem with how it was done and what it led to. Because it, it led to the finger Polka doom. And I don't want to scream WWE propaganda because WWE propaganda says that, you know, that, what was that? Was that January 4th? What show was that? The finger Polka doom? Yeah, the one where that one totally won 4th. the title. Man, that's, that's 4th. It. What is it with that day? That day is cursed. Yeah, right? Well, outside of Wrestle Kingdom, but uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to scream WWE propaganda. But I'll be honest, man. As a kid, I'll just be straight up. I watched WCW and I watched WWF equally. But I'll be real. When they did that finger poke of Doom, that was really a big tune off moment for me. WCW. I yeah. stopped watching. I stopped watching after that. Yeah. I have, my, I, I can tell you vividly everything that happened. And WCW from, like, 95 all the way up to that finger poke. because after that I'm glad you said that.
0: I'm glad you said that. Have, I have a friend of mine who I've been friends with for about 20 years now. And we actually – the second thing we ever said to each other after I said, is this your car, move it, um, and he told me, no, it wasn't, was, hey, you're watching King of the Ring this weekend, and this was in 98. He is the biggest – he was the biggest – WCW guy there ever was. I mean, he he would defend the Henning-Mongo main events being better than the Taker-Michael <laughs> main events. On, like, he would vehemently, vehemently defend them. And even on that night, I got a phone call from him. And he was like, what the fuck did they just do?
1: Wow. That says a lot
0: Yeah I'm telling you Chris This I'm telling you WCW Everything All the way You know Refused to even believe They lost the ratings You know Even on nights When they would get smoked In the ratings You know Would find a way To spin it You know That night He called me up At about 11.15 and was like What the fuck Did they do He's Mm -hmm. like "This, This is bad He's like This was bad Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, you're not, a... you're not the
0: only one, and I remember, because mm-hmm. w- what I would do was, this is how quote-unquote great technology was in 1999, I, would, I found a way on my VCR to tape record something on one channel while I watched something else, and mm-hmm. I thought this was the greatest thing. So, I, I was a spoiler guy, I always, always have been. So I knew Foley was winning the title. So I was like, all right, I'm going to record Raw, and I'm going to watch Nitro. Because I really wanted to see what was happening. I mean, I was reading the sheets, and and there was talk that there was going to be some some sort of angle to end Nitro. You know, not like it is now, where everyone knows everything Mm. so detailed. But there was talk that, oh, you know, there's word that, you know... WCW is going to really try to, you know, start off the new year right, and, and uh, you know, the angle that's going to carry them for the for all of 99 is going to s- start at the end of Nitro. Okay, Goldberg Nash main event, that's got a bunch of possibilities, how it can go. Okay, yeah, cool. I just sat there, I remember I looked at on the road, I was like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it know. was pretty bad. If you were to contact Barry Allen from the Flash Universe and, have them go back to 1999 and, and stop the finger poke of doom there's a very good possibility that <laughs> the timeline you would never be very... seen,
0: though, with all the documentaries and all the shoot interviews you know what's never come out who was the hmm. brain who was the brain surgeon behind it
1: everybody never really pointed a finger no That's one really what I'm knows saying, like,
0: Like, you know, of all the stuff that, you know, you always hear, oh, well, this one came up with this idea, and that one had that idea. But with that one, you've never heard, well, we were in a production meeting, and, you know, Eric came up with this, or Hulk came Mm. up with this, or Kevin came up with this, or, you know, Terry Taylor came. It's the one thing you've never heard.
1: Nobody wants to take the full blame for it.
0: Yeah, but you've (laughs) never even heard other people sandbag. Somebody else just to clear them of it. And and what
1: got me as a kid, too, like, it wasn't even just a finger poke of doom. It wasn't even that. What got me was as a kid, like, I was a huge Luger guy. Like Don't hate me. I like Luger, you know. I I like Luger. And outside of Sting, he was always like – I thought he should have won at SummerSlam 93. I'm not even going
0: to lie. Yeah, yeah, right, right. You know, <laughs>
1: outside of seeing Luger was the other guy that was always against Hogan, always fighting mm-hmm. Hogan. So for Luger to turn on Goldberg randomly and then join, like, the NWO, like, that really, like, threw me off as a kid as well. So he's just one – he was one of those guys that should have never been affiliated with Hogan.
0: You know what but, got um, me to do with that was – and and listen, I get shock value. I get coming out of – left field whatever but i mean i think there was never i mean there was no inkling that this was going to happen i mean there was no i don't i don't even think there was a follow up justification interview
1: as no, there like, wasn't. It why just we happened. Got, we all
0: got back together. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, like,
1: it was just, just, we all got back. That, and at the end of the day, that was WCW's ultimate folly. Is that at the end of the was, day, they just they couldn't get over the NWO. Hogan I was needs looking. To belt
0: back. Hogan needs the belt back, and we need. Giants mm. to put over Kevin Nash because Giants leaving. Yeah, um, you
1: know, I they just
0: to right, me that's, you know. that's that's what that 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 was the justification behind it.
1: The um, other day, uh, I was looking at uh, Raven videos. And, you know, like the birth, there's a really cool, uh, playlist series on YouTube where someone actually took every single, uh, segment from Raven, uh, to the eventual, like, cause you know, when Raven first showed up, he was just kind of doing his own thing. And then just over a period of time, he made the flock. And, um, uh, there's this one segment I looked at and I got goosebumps cause I was like, wow, they could have did something with this. It was, it was during the period of time where, uh, like Stevie Richards would talk for Raven and Raven would hit him and, they had their match at Clash of the Champions, and, and there was this one match where they had where it was Stevie Richards fighting Randy Savage, and then Randy Savage did the elbow, and he actually, like, spit on Raven. And like, he spit on him, and then Raven just jumped over the guardrail, and he, just, he got right into Savage's face, and that, that, those fans went nuts. I was like, Wow. I was like, wow, like, I don't even remember this. But then as I was watching it, I remembered, and I was like, wow, like this would have been great because the flock kind of represented everything the NWO wasn't because it was yeah. like the flock were outcasts. And NWO were, like, these gangsters. I'm like, you could have totally did a flop. Right, they, versus... were both,
0: they were both anti-establishment, but they were both on different sides of, like, anti-establishment. Right, right, yeah.
1: right. It worked. And then the, and the cool thing was, was, like, every single person Raven feuded with, it was like they were under a trance, and they just kind of joined them, you know? And mm-hmm. I just looked at that. I look at, I look at Raven's work. I look at Conspiracy Jericho. I look at Eddie oh, and, and LWO. And at the end of the day, that was WCW's Jericho. main folly. They just couldn't get over NWO, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, so... You ever want to see a
0: pop, and I'm sure you've seen it, but Mm -hmm. you know where I'm going. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Speaking of Conspiracy (laughs) Jericho, go watch that clip of Dean Malenko dressed up as, what was it, Pay or something? Pay. yeah, right, right. right. And taking the mask off, and that place going nuts.
1: That was great.
0: I was at the Nitro (laughs) the night after, and we'll get back to Goldberg. I I know, we're
1: Mm. deviating...
0: I was at Nitro the night after the Great American Bash, and Jericho had lost to Malenko, but they did one of those. Oh no, no! Look here, here's a rule, you know. I and when Malenko had to give Jericho the belt, the heat that Jericho got, and then the pop Malenko got because I think he beat down Jericho like after he gave him back the belt. Mm. Oh, dude! Especially, you know what gets me about WCW? To be honest with you is they did things really unconventional a lot of times. And part of it was Hogan, you know, I'm not going to be around for June, July, August, whatever, let's just say. You had months where you could have really done something amazing. You know, so Hogan's not going to be there this month. Let Milenko Jericho, even if it had to be a gimmick match, main event... Bash at the beach, you know. Yeah, I would have been fine with that. Let, let it, have, you know. Let let Malenko. I mean, let Guerrero Mysterio in an Iron Man match headline sold out. Mm-hmm. I would have
1: been you know? fine with that. You know, I you know
0: um, what I'm saying. You know, I, let, I defend, let DDP. Um... Let DDP pay uh, DDP Raven main event you know what I'm saying? Spring Stampede or Uncensored, whatever.
1: Another NWO thing that always got me was um, there's a period of time, I know like me and this guy don't get along at all, uh, Bill from PWP, but we've we've recently kind of made a a truce with each other where it's like, bygones will be bygones, and I was talking to Bill the other day, and for the first time... Bill Cannon? Right, and, and for the first time, we actually found out that we had one thing that we both totally agree with, and I was like, wow, like, like, we both feel the same way about it, was that period of time when Scott Steiner turned on Rick and then he had, like, that thing with buff and that crooked ref. And Mm -hmm. there's a period of time where, like, they were an over, like, duo or trio. And we both agreed that, like, the NWO was not even needed for that, you know? Hello. How you doing?
0: Hello. Yeah, I, I I lost like the last like three
1: minutes. Oh, okay. Was there, like, a glitch or an issue?
0: I I don't know. I, my phone just went completely silent.
1: Mm, okay. How much time do we got left now?
0: Uh, we've got like 38 minutes.
1: Okay. Well, before anything else happens, I should probably just go through the Goldberg thing now and finish it. Is that okay?
0: Yeah, that's fine. And I I, I yeah, that's fine.
1: All right, so uh, we'll go ahead and just uh, go through the Goldberg thing. Um, here's, we, here's how we're going to do it here. Uh, basically, everything they did with Goldberg up until Starcade is fine. Keep it there.
0: Mm-hmm. I um, agree with you on that.
1: Yeah, keep, keep all that there. Um, the only thing we're going to change with Nash is uh, we're going to change the Nash Hall mechanic. Uh, my memory is very fuzzy. I recall there was a time when Hall was kicked out of the NWO. Something like that. Yes. And then yes. and then and then like they like reconciled or something, we're gonna delete that. There is no reconciliation or anything. I think they had a match where like Nash power bombed them and then he just kinda left them out of mercy or something like that. That was, like Halloween, that. Havoc. That was right. Halloween havoc. Right. We're gonna we're deleting that. So okay. we're keeping we're keeping everything up up. Hall got kicked out and then after Hall mm-hmm. gets kicked out, he's just gone for a period of time. Okay. Everything You're else. eliminating same. even
0: the World War 3 angle where the black and white were turned on Hall and Nash kind of saved Hall but walked away from him?
1: Right, we're deleting that.
0: Okay, okay. Right,
1: right. Goldberg is, uh, I just said deleting. Broken match taken over. <laughs> we're getting rid of that. All right, so we're going right. to do Goldberg and uh, and Nash. Everything there is the same. Okay. Uh, they have their match at Starcade. Okay. And uh, everything there, <laughs> everything that happens in the match. Happens exactly how it does in, in the actual Canon right. Disco's trying to interfere because okay. he's trying to make a good impression.
0: Okay. Uh
1: Bigelow still has beef of Goldberg and I don't even remember why he did. He he's attacked Goldberg for whatever reason. I'm sure there was some story behind it, I just can't recall. He was so, trying to
0: join W C W and they were they I guess they learned their lesson from the N W O. They didn't say he worked for E C W, but they said he doesn't work here. Why okay. is he here? Who is he going after?
1: Okay. So we're keeping that okay. So okay. Have, their matches happening the same. Disco interferes. Okay. Bigelow interferes. Are whatever. Happening. Okay. okay. Right. Right. And so here's where Hall comes. Hall comes and he gets. He comes to the ring with the taser, and they're wondering, you know. And as he's coming to the ring, and, and typical Bobby Heenan fashion, Heenan's like, "Whose side is he on? Who's he going to tease?
0: What is he doing here? Yeah. Is
1: he okay. going to tease Nash or is he going to tease Goldberg? You know. so ultimately, what happens is Nash. What happens is Hall gets in the ring and he gives a taser he I know he gives a taser but he tases Goldberg just like okay. we happens in the canon. Now while this is happening, you understand, you know, Bigelow he's outside. He's right. causing he's causing havoc and he's beating up right. Disco for like no reason. So then after Hall gives Goldberg the taser, he gets in the ring and then he, he tases Nash too. So he tases both of them. And then okay. after that he leaves the ring. So the referee gets back in the ring Goldberg is down. Nash is down. Goldberg got tased first, so he had a little bit more time to recover. Okay. Um, Nash, he gets up shortly after Goldberg does. Goldberg spears Nash, and then he hits him with a jackhammer. One, two, three. Goldberg beats him. He's okay. a little stunned. He's not really sure what happened, what happened but he's, you know he wins the match. And so Nash, he sort of turns around. The camera zooms in on his face. He doesn't know what happens, but he has a pretty good idea who's right. the one that, that, that tased him. Okay. So the very next night, you know, Nitro, they show Goldberg what happened. Um, and one thing I, I really miss today uh, is, you know, back then, they used to do like those little free, freeze frame still WCW shots WCW what happened. WCW was very
0: good with that. WCW yeah, yeah. was very good with that and did a great job of in, in incorporating that into the angles when they needed to. You, you're 100% right. right.
1: I really missed that. Um, nowadays they'll just show you like the full clip of everything that happened, which Mm -hmm. just kind of, it does, it ruins the prestige and the credibility in my opinion. So what they'll do the next night is they'll show Goldberg, Goldberg, this is what happened last night, you know, so Goldberg sees that he only won, he understands that his victory was tainted, tainted. And so, so in an uncharacteristic fashion, Goldberg's pretty much like, well, I won. That's all that matters. And then he leaves. And so then, you know, have Mean Jean and Mean Jean was very good at interviews and Mean Jean could be like Well Mean, Tony, mean Gene Jean
0: would've actually Mean Jean would have grilled him about that. You know, like yeah, he
1: like,
0: would've
1: yeah. would grilled him and he would have been like, I expected a little bit more from you, yeah. Goldberg.
0: And yeah, so, Mean Gene would have done that. Oakland would have done that in all fairness. He would
1: have Yeah, he yeah, would have been like I would have expected more from you. Well, Tony, Bobby, guys, back to you. So we have like little seeds planting of necessarily a heel turn, per se, but a a change in Goldberg's character, which is part of my booking, because the problem with Goldberg was all he had was the streak. He had no character. So when the streak ended, so did his character. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll
0: we'll get there, because believe you
1: me, I've got a whole year's worth of what the fuck that we need to go over. (laughs) Right. So what I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to give Goldberg a character so that way when the streak does and he's now up you know shit's creek without a paddle okay so so while this is going on in the aftermath uh Goldberg still has beef with uh Bigelow you know and so this moves on to Nash and Hall and um you know Nash understands that Hall cost him the match And so, you know, the Wolfpack is like, you know, do you you want to do some Wolfpack business, Nash? And, you know, Nash is like, no, this is just, this is between me and Hall. So he's telling all the Wolfpack dudes to just stay out of it, Uh, hands off Hall. He's the only one that can touch him. And so this builds up to Hall Nash, and Hall comes out. Uh, Basically, Hall's going back to how he was when he first came to WCW. Hall's just, he's walking through the crowd, no theme music, the lone wolf Mm -hmm. before Baron Corbin. And Hall's pretty much like I came here. I was the one that got the war started. I was the person that made this NWO stuff possible. And this whole time, I've been working under Hogan now, or now Let me ask you
0: a question: Are you paying this off on January fourth?
1: Hmm.
0: Are you paying off? Well,
1: oh, what Walt I'm doing. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm having Bigelow, Goldberg at, on January fourth, or
1: what I'm doing? What I'm doing on January fourth is I'm having Hall cut this promo on January fourth.
0: Okay. All where
1: right, just wanted to know where you were with it. Okay. Right, so now we're, the, we're on the Nitro after Starcade, the January 4th show, and uh, what we're doing here is we're having Hall basically say, fuck Hogan, fuck Nash. The only reason you guys are here is because of me. I was the first person that showed up here. You guys just followed suit. You know, I've been taking orders from Hall. I mean, I've been taking orders from Hogan. I've been taking orders from Nash. But Now the only person I'm going to be taking orders from is me, nobody else. So he becomes like this tweener. Not WCW, not NWO. Okay, and uh, and and he and when he has his entrance, he's going to walk through the crowd, kind of like how the Shield does, because that's how it started. That's how it started mm-hmm. when they first showed up there. They just because they weren't part of the roster, and so then Nash comes out and confronts Hall, this leads to a big you know big brawl between the two of them, a big pick away brawl, and security you know breaks them up. And so while this is going on, Goldberg is. Uh, is is continuing his feud with Bam Bam and, and, and stuff like that. And so this leads to uh sold out where uh we have two double main events. The first main event is is going to be uh Goldberg against Bigelow and then the second match is going to be uh Hall against Nash okay. and uh and a and a and a no disqualification match or as they used to call it back then, no hose barred or mm-hmm. whatever they were called back then. So uh, Bigelow and Goldberg, it's going to be hard-hitting, but what we're going to do in this match to make a different is uh, uh, Bigelow is going to be the first person to overcome the spear because normally when Goldberg spears somebody, he sets up for the jackhammer. Uh, Goldberg's going to spear Bigelow like three times, like he's going to spear him once, and then Bigelow just gets up almost immediately. So
0: it's going to keep Bigelow strong.
1: Right, right, right. And then he's going to spear him a second time, and then he gets up, not as quickly as as the last time but still gets up. And then a third spear. So it's gonna take three spears and a jackhammer uh right. to to get over Bigelow. And then what we're gonna have with uh with uh Hall and Nash is they're gonna have um they're gonna have a, a street fight where it's gonna be a bunch of weapons, uh candlesticks, steel chairs, a lot of uh feuding, a lot of uh, battling through the crowd, kinda of similar to Benoit and Sullivan, stuff like that. Uh, and the match just goes on and on and on. And eventually what happens is the match ends when Nash gives Hall a jackknife powerbomb um on the on a, on a on a table on the outside. And that's where Nash just leaves him. So that, that finish we have from Halloween Havoc, we get it here instead okay. where he can't bring himself to pin Hall, so he'll just jackknife him or whatever and then as Nash is walking away, Hall's screaming, you know, kinda like, you know, get up and finish me, you know, kinda like how with uh Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair at Event 24, Hall is begging Nash, you know, come on, finish me, come on, finish me, and, and Nash won't do it. He won't give Hall the satisfaction. So this continues. So, that, so that's how that ends. So technically it kind of ends in a no contest, whatever. There's no real finish, whatever. So this leads to the next Nitro after it's sold out where um, Nash is pretty much like, you know, I've taken care of my business with Hall. As far as he's concerned, the business is done But Hall thinks otherwise. Hall says that we're not done until I say we're done. And so this moves on with Nash. Basically, he wants another match of Goldberg. He calls out Goldberg, and he says, look, man, we had a match at Starcade. We didn't really get the finish that we wanted. How about we do it just you and me, mano a mano. I want to know if I can beat you, and I know deep down you want to know if you can beat me. And then Goldberg says, I shouldn't give you the satisfaction, but I don't like how I won the match. But I'm pretty confident that even if Hall hadn't have interfered, I would have beaten you anyway. But for the sake of argument, I'll give you a rematch. So then we have Hall, and then we have uh, Nash and Goldberg set up for super brawl, which was always one of WWE's okay. bigger shows. Okay. And um as the as the as the shows as as we go through the nitros and thunders now at this point, uh Nash and Goldberg are playing sport with each other Well, what they're doing is they're they're fighting the same guys each week but they're like in a competition to see who can what, beat you, the guy. You, I can faster. do better,
0: yeah. Right,
1: right. So one okay. week you'll do like Nash against Ming. Then, like, so on Nitro, you can do Nash against Ming. Then on Thunder, you can do Goldberg against Ming. Then next week, you can do Nash against the Giant. And then on you, next Nitro, you do Nash against the Giant. And next Thunder, you do Goldberg against the Giant. So they're, they're taking turns, mm-hmm. you know, all, all over who's asserting their dominance. And, of course, the Wolfpack members are pretty much like, do you want us to get involved? And Nash is like, no, no, I got this, I got this. But, of course, uh, on the go-home Nitro, when Nash is having his match with, say, uh, who's a good foil? i say a good foil is probably someone like Barbarian or Mean. Someone that's tough, you know, someone like that. Hall interferes again uh, in the match because the beef between him and Nash is not over. And so that ends in a DQ. And so then what happens on the Thunder is J.J. Uh, J. Dillon says to ensure that there's no shenanigans in Super Brawl, he makes Goldberg-Nash a steel cage match at Super okay. Brawl to prevent uh, interference and stuff like that. And then uh, J.J. Dillon says, you know, we're going to have max security at Super Brawl, and we're going to give Hall, like, a 30-day suspension, and if he shows up, he's going to get, you know, fined and arrested and stuff like that. So then this leads us to Super Brawl, where uh, throughout the entire show, you know, as they're having their matches, as they're going through the card, you know, they'll show random occasional segments of the outside. And the one thing that I really miss, I'll I'll give credit, is that they were really good at not getting rent-a-cops, but getting, like, real cops of, like, guns and nightsticks that made it look real legit, you know, like when Hall and Nash mm-hmm. were taking over and you had the, the cops with the guns and stuff like that. So they're showing everything, and you know, throughout the match, throughout the card, they're showing these random segments of them going outside. And so when it's finally time for called for for Nash to fight Goldberg. Right before the match starts, we see a truck arrive outside, and then Scott Hall gets out the truck, and he's trying to get in. And as soon as he tries to get in the arena, about, like, 20 or something cops show up, all reaching for their piece, saying, you can, you know, you can step across that line if you want, you know. And um, so this leads into the match between Goldberg and Nash at Super Brawl. Uh, this match is going to be hard hitting. It's gonna be in the steel cage. Nash has a plan. His plan in this match is to tire Goldberg out, is to weather the storm. So what Nash is doing is he's he's taking all of Goldberg's moves, the the takeover slam, the, the knee bars, uh the, the fall away slams, the right. the power slams to the cage. So what Nash is doing is he's kinda of doing the whole Muhammad Ali thing. He's purposefully getting kind of beat like Rains
0: Lesnar. Right,
1: right. That's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's 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 letting Goldberg tire himself out. And, you know, we, you know Goldberg, he, Goldberg and what he's doing in this match is he's making more pin attempts than he's ever done. Because if you look at most Goldberg matches, he never really went for the pin until it was time for mm-hmm. the finish. He would, mm-hmm. just go through, he would just go through his power moves. So yeah. the fact that Goldberg is hitting all these pins, and this is something that Bobby Heenan is, is going to be making apparent in the match, is he's going to be saying, I've never seen Goldberg make so many pins before. And then Mike Taney will say, maybe Goldberg's nervous. Maybe he's nervous about how long the match could go. And, and you know, so what ends up happening endurance, is... Yeah, conditioning, yeah. You yeah, know, Tenet, Tenet is good at that stuff. Right, right, right. WCW was always good at, losing, at using Tanae for what he was good for, and
0: mm-hmm. that was
1: just something that Tanae never really telling, did. I'm
0: telling that extra tier to the story.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. So where we're going to have the match isn't going to be too long. It's going to be pretty much the same length as Lesnar reigns. It's going to be about, about 10 to 12 minutes where it's just Goldberg just kind of tossing Nash around, and Nash would occasionally get in, like, a punch or kick or so, but it's mainly just Goldberg dominating, but Goldberg's getting tired. Um, After about 10 minutes of pushing Nash around, he finally spears Nash, but then Heenan notices that the spear doesn't have the same impact that it normally has because of, uh, you know, stamina reasons and stuff like that. So then he tries to pick up Nash for the jackhammer. He tries to pick him up for the jackhammer, but he can't because... Uh, He's too tired, and so that's when Nash takes over. He takes him into the corner. He starts doing his his big boots, the the shoulders, uh, the the, the dropping elbows, the power slams. He starts throwing Goldberg into the cage. He starts uh, uh, throwing Goldberg into the different turnbuckles. Uh, Goldberg is showing some color cause the cage it's the super brawl and we're still in the nineties. We're still in the Monday night wars, so we yeah. can get away with stuff like blood. So oh, yeah. we're about 15 minutes into the match and it looks like Nash has Goldberg where he wants him. And so then what happens here is Nash runs towards Goldberg. And then what happens is Goldberg throws the ref in the way, uh, which again is uncharacteristic for Goldberg and, um, Nash accidentally, he plows the ref instead. And during this period of time, that is when Goldberg, um, he, he hits Nash low, but it's unintentional, but he hits him low all the same. And then he ends up giving Nash the spear, and then he gives Nash the jackhammer. And then the ref who comes to counts for a one, a two, and then Nash kicks out of the jackhammer, which is a big deal because no one's ever kicked out of the jackhammer at this point. So Goldberg has this look of shock on his face. And so he he picks up Nash again for a second jackhammer, and then Nash comes out of it, and then he nails Goldberg with the jackknife powerbomb, and then he pins Goldberg, and we get a one and a two, and then Goldberg kicks out. Which to my memory, no one kicked out of the jackknife either. That was one of the most oh, protective yeah. finishes ever at the time, not just in yeah. WCW, but it the only off. person, yeah, yeah, the only person that I ever remember him kicking out of that was the Undertaker at WrestleMania twelve. So. Pretty much yeah. every time Nash look used at, it, look at what look
0: at what a special occurrence that at, that had to be it had to be Taker at WrestleMania.
1: Right, right, right. You know, so Nash hits Goldberg with the jackknife, and then Goldberg kicks out, and so. Um, at this point, they're both uh, they're both kind of confused, and, and they don't really know what to do. Now, one thing I forgot to mention is that one thing that I think a lot of fans sleep on is that Goldberg was very good at doing some of those MMA kind of submissions. He had a really good knee bar that he always yeah, used at, and he would work like on his knee. Like that style. Right, right, and a lot of fans sleep on that. So throughout this entire match, what's going on is that while Goldberg is beating up Nash, he's also been working on Nash's... Leg and of course Nash has always had a history of having bad leg issues, and so what ends up happening is Nash he goes he goes and he throws Goldberg into the ropes. He goes for the big boot, and then when he goes for the big boot, uh, Goldberg catches him, and then he does like a, a kind of like a, a karate low swing, kind of similar to what the Eliminators used to do in ECW, uh, total elimination sort of, and then he uh-huh. puts Nash in the knee bar and he applies lots of pressure, and so Nash ends up tapping out. Uh, for the betterment of his own career, you know, live the fight another day. And so this is going to be Goldberg's, like, first real submission. Uh, this is going to be his first victory via submission, uh, granted a taint one because he still uh, had uh, to, to move the ref in the ring. So now Goldberg has beaten Nash a second time, and the reaction is mixed because we're starting to see that Goldberg is starting to do whatever he needs to do to to maintain the title, but we still have not got the official full heel turn yet he's still kind of like a tweener so you know Nash again has a very disappointed look in his face and um he has a very disappointed look in his face so then Goldberg leaves so the very next night on Nitro uh Nash comes out and clutches and he apologizes to the Wolfpack fans he said he thought he had Goldberg but you know Goldberg was tougher than he thought and so then while he's cutting a promo Hall comes out again through the crowd because the agreement was is that Hall was only going to be banned from Super Bra. They didn't say anything about it afterwards. Hall comes out with a steel chair, uh, not no not a steel chair, a baseball bat. It makes more sense because that's how they first showed up. He attacks Nash and he just levels the he levels him with the knee. He levels him with the bat. Uh, he does the spot where he puts the the chair between his legs, and then you know gives a big boot off the turnbuckle. So we're we're writing Nash off for a few months, and you know we're continuing the the feud between hall and nash because in his mind it's not over and so then they're going to be asking goldberg later in the night you know how do you feel about hall attacking nash and goldberg's pretty much like i've already beaten him twice he's not my problem and hall is not a threat to me anyway and of course gene gets in goldberg's face saying you're supposed to be representing wcw you're supposed to be different from the nwo guys you're not really acting like a champion and goldberg just says when you're the champion it's called champion's privilege and They're not privileged enough to be on my level. So we're seeing kind of more of a condescending Goldberg, not necessarily heel yet, but we're getting condescending. So we're entering into March now. And so what we're doing now is the NWO members, the Wolfpack members, which at this point would be like Luger, Conan, Savage, and Sting, right? Uh Right. So now what we're having is – uh, see Hall, he has no beef with Ben. His beef is with Nash. So now Hall, he's gone too. So now the Wolfpack members are like, you know, we got to take care of Goldberg. This guy's becoming a threat. So during the uh, the build up to Uncensored, uh, Goldberg faces Conan, and uh, Goldberg he beats Conan. So he's the first one out. And then uh, at Uncensored, at, at, at Uncensored, uh, we get Goldberg against Savage. And, you know, Savage is crazy, and uh, Savage, he can carry Goldberg to a good match. Mm-hmm. Savage fights Goldberg, and then Goldberg beats Savage clean. But in this match, what we're doing to get over Goldberg even more is uh, we're going to have Savage pull a Warrior here. Remember, like, uh, WrestleMania 7? Uh, How many elbow drops did War- that Savage give Warrior? Was it, like, Three, four? I don't remember. Yeah,
0: something like that, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. we're going to have Savage give Goldberg, like, five elbow drops, and then Goldberg still kicks out and does the usual spear, Jackhammer thing. So he's beaten Conan, and he's beaten... He's beaten Conan, and he's beaten Savage. And so then, after that, uh, we're going into Spring Stampede now, where the only Wolfpack members left are uh, Luger and Sting. And so Luger's pretty much like, we got to do something about this guy. He's becoming a problem. Uh, Goldberg's getting too big for his own good. You know, he's he's thinking that he's better than everybody. And of course, Hogan's gone now. So Hogan... He's, he's, so during this period of time, like where's Hogan Hogan, and my story, Hogan, the NWO, that's black and white NWO. Like that's done. Hogan's, you know, he's out doing whatever Hogan does. I mean, he's going to come back later, but he has no, he has no affiliation with the storyline. So all the other NWO dudes, they're they're just doing their own thing kind of. And so what we're doing now is Goldberg, he's starting to get cocky because in his mind he has already beaten all the best that WCW has to offer. And so um, Goldberg does a segment, you know, and I think – uh Bret Hart gets very slept on for his heel work in WCW. One of the best promos I've ever seen is that hilarious segment where Mean Gene says, you know, hey, Bret, who do you think deserves a shot at the U.S. belt? And he says, El Dandy. You know, El Dandy's a great cruiserweight wrestler. Like, I how love dare, that word. How work. dare you?
0: How dare you call El Dandy?
1: <laughs> right, 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 right. So what we're having now is Goldberg says, hey, you know what? I haven't really fought too many cruiserweight guys. I mean, he would fight a cruiserweight guy every now and then, like a La Parca. But, you know, one of the WCW's biggest issues is that they, they kept the cruiserweight's working with themselves they never really worked with other talents you know every now and then you would see like chris jericho versus scott hall or like or like alex wright versus the giant or something but you didn't really see that much of a of emerging. So what Goldberg says now is I'm going to fight these cruise guys because the main eventers, the heavyweight guys, they're not a challenge to me anymore, you know, because he's already beaten your Hogan's and, and your Hall's and your Nash's and your Savages. So in Goldberg's mind, like he's above that now. So what we're doing now in the middle of the spring stampede is now Goldberg is fighting your Juventus Guerreras, He's fighting your D Malenko's. He's fighting your Eddie Guerrero's. So now we're going to get these awesome dream matches that we could have gotten but we never did because Bischoff couldn't get his head out of his ass. So what we're doing in the build-up to Spring Stampede is first he fights Hoovey, then he fights Laparca, and then on the go-home show, or the go-home Nitro to Spring Stampede, he has a match with uh, Dean Malenko. Dean's going to give Goldberg some trouble because he's going be, to be faster. Than the, he's going to be more technical, and he's going to have submission expertise. So it's going to be very similar to the match that Goldberg had with Regal where he's just kind of it becomes very apparent that goldberg oh, so Goldberg just, gets exposed <laughs> right right it's it's gonna become apparent that Goldberg just can't like um he just can't uh he he can't he he can't like out wrestle him but the problem is is that there's a there's a drastic size difference so it's one of those moves it's one of those matches where malenko's getting in more moves but every move Goldberg hits it's like it like it hits way more than any move malenko could do and so um Goldberg eventually goes over that, and so what we're doing now is at Spring Stampede, they're going to be doing uh, Luger-Goldberg, and it'll be Luger against Goldberg, which to me was a, was a really good uh, money match that they never did. Uh, I mean, they did do it later after the fact, like by Dipsw 2000, but they never did it uh, back when they were both hot commodities. So we're going to get Luger, we're going to get the rack against uh, Goldberg, And so this match is going to be hard-hitting, lots of power slams. It's mostly just going to be them taking turns doing power moves like the power slam, uh, uh, the fall-away slam, uh, Simone drops, stuff like that. And um, the plan here is Luger is going to focus on Goldberg's back so he can put him in a torture rack. So that way, uh, Goldberg won't be able to pick him up for the jackhammer. And so he finally puts Goldberg in the rack after working on him for about... About five to seven minutes working on Goldberg's back. He puts Goldberg in a torture rack, and then what happens here is that Goldberg rakes Luger's eyes, another uncharacteristic thing from Goldberg. And then once his uh, eyes have been racked, he spears Luger, and then he picks him up for a jackhammer. One, two, three. So again, he's beaten Luger, uh, again, unclean by raking his eyes. And so now Goldberg has beaten every member of the wolf pack except Sting. And my main beef with Goldberg versus Sting is they did have some matches, but every time they did have matches, they were always random. You would think with the franchise of WCW and with the guy that you're building to be the new franchise of WCW, you would think that they would have had like a feud that had build, but they never did. It was just always random. I remember they had one match on Nitro and it was just random, like no build or anything. And they had another match on Halloween Havoc because Hogan decided not to work, or, or whatever. You know how Hogan was. Mm-hmm. So this leaves Sting as the only member of the Wolfpack left that Goldberg hasn't beaten. So then after Spring Stampede, you know after this, uh, Goldberg at this point he just thinks he's unstoppable. And so now in the build up to their next show, which is going to be uh, the Great American Bash, Goldberg is going through more of the talents. He's fighting Booker T. He's fighting Benoit, he's fighting Guerrero's, and these guys are bringing out good matches out of out of Goldberg. But in the end, Goldberg beats them. And so while this is going on, Sting, he finally starts talking. Um, I would not have Sting talk at all um, from the Hogan situation. So after he beats Hogan, um, he still is a mute. He doesn't talk. So this is Sting's first time talking since he became the Crow. And as he's talking, he's addressing Goldberg. And so Sting basically cuts promos, and he basically says that I've been here for a long time, and I've seen lots of monsters. I've seen Sid. I've seen Vader. I've seen Nick Foley. I've seen the Giant. I've seen so many monsters, but I've never seen anything like you, Goldberg. But Sting says, but I see you come out here, and I see you have these good matches with some of these guys, so I know that you can win things the right way. You beat Raven in this flock by yourself. You beat Hogan in the NWL by yourself, so you've already proven that you don't need to cheat and you don't need to do these things. So I'm challenging you, Goldberg, man to man. You and me have a match at the Great American Bash, and the reason I'm saving it for the Great American Bash is because that's Sting's pay per view. That's where he had his breakout match. I think he had a he had like a match of Flair at Clash of the Champions, but um, he beat Flair at the Great American Bash. Correct? Yes. Okay. So we're having Goldberg Sting at the Great American Bash because that's his pay-per-view, just like you know WrestleMania is The Undertaker's pay-per-view. And so Sting says, Goldberg, I'm challenging you, model to model. You and me, one-on-one, just a straight-up wrestling match. I don't think you can beat me without without doing any type of, you know, shenanigans and stuff like that. And so he's basically he's, he's calling out Goldberg's manhood. He's questioning Goldberg. Like, can you beat me? I don't think you can. And so Goldberg accepts. And so they get into shape. They start training, you know, the whole Rocky-ish sort of vibe. Uh-huh. And so this leads to the Great American Bash, where we have Sting against Goldberg. And this is going to be probably like Goldberg's best in-ring match at this point, minus the one with DDP where Sting and Goldberg are just going to have, like, a straight-up match. There's going to be no shenanigans. They're going to hit all the trademark moves. Sting is going to hit him with, like, Scorpion Death Drop after Scorpion Death Drop, and Goldberg's going to keep kicking out. He's going to put him in the, in the Scorpion Death Lock, but Goldberg's either just going to power out of it or just get to the ropes. Um, Sting is going to hit him with Stinger Splash after Stinger Splash. But what's going to happen is, is that Sting... He's gonna rely on the same moves too much, and then when he goes for this thing splash, Goldberg is gonna spear him in midair. It's gonna be one of the more impactful spears. It's kind of like. The uh, RKO that Randy gave Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 31, where he uh-huh. caught him with the RKO out of the uh, curb stomp. So it's going to be a very, very, very devastating spear. Because again, Sting, back in his prime, when he was in good shape, he used to get a lot of air time when those Stinger splashes. Uh-huh. And so he's going to catch him in midair. And so that's going to really knock the air out of him. So after that, he's going to hit him with a jackhammer. One, two, three, he beats Sting. So now, at Goldberg, at this point, he's pretty much beating everybody. So the very next night, um, Goldberg, he starts coming out in suits. He doesn't do the whole pyro thing anymore. He doesn't do he doesn't do the security escorting him anymore. Um, and he's starting to wear sunglasses. He's really starting to get full of himself. We're starting to see kind of a, a kind of a Hollywood Goldberg sort of thing, you know. And then we're going to have uh, Shivani on commentary, and he's going to say, "They say in this life, you either die hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain." And I think we're seeing that here with Goldberg. So at this point, Goldberg just thinks he's above everybody else. He says he's beaten everybody, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's nothing left for him. So then finally Nash comes back. Uh, Nash comes back, and, he, and he's fully healed from the knee injury. And he says, Goldberg, this entire time I've been gone and I've been seeing you take out all my friends. I've been seeing you running amok on this, mos- on this roster. But I still know that deep down you know that you can't beat me. And then Goldberg's pretty much like, this is ridiculous. This is a joke. I've beaten you twice. You're just in denial. Just accept the fact that you lost. And then Nash says, I need to beat you. I need to prove it to myself that I can beat you. And Nash just says, you know, everything. And Nash basically says that even though he has beef with Hall, he understands why Hall hates him because Hall really was under Nash or Hogan the entire time. But then Nash says, but, you know, grass always looks green on the other side because even though from Hall's standpoint, he was looking down to him and Hogan from Nash's standpoint, he was always looking down to Hogan, you know, because so it wasn't like in Nash's mind, he felt like he was never on top either. So Nash says he understands why Hall hates him, and that's why Nash has, like, no intentions of fighting of fighting Hall back, because he understands if that makes sense. So Nash basically begs Goldberg, and he says, Goldberg, give me one more match, you know, just one more match. And then Goldberg looks at him, and he says, okay, Nash. I'll give you one more match on one stipulation. And the stipulation is, and this is the killer, and this is what's going to work today. And I feel really bad for wrestling fans today because this stipulation just doesn't work anymore. Goldberg says, I'll give you your match, but if you lose, you're done. You're done with WCW. You're done with NWO. You're done with Wolfpack. If I beat you, that's it. It's over, and you have to leave, period. This would have been a believable stipulation because you got to remember, this was during the Monday Night Wars when people were jumping ship all the time from company to company to company. So Nash leaving at this point and, like, joining DX would have been totally believable to the fans back then. The Internet was no more than five minutes. We got five, yeah. Okay, so this would have been believable. And so what we're going to end up having here is we're having Nash – and Goldberg train up for one last match, and it's going to be at the Bash at the Beach, and then we're, we're doing the match at Bash at the Beach, because that show always seemed to have the most controversy. WCW seemed to like that show for controversy, and again, it's scheduled as a no-disqualification match to avoid shenanigans, and so what we're getting here in this match is we're going to get a match similar to Super Brawl, Except this time, Nash is going to be a little bit more aggressive. He's going to work on a body part. Um, we're going to have Goldberg spear Nash through the guardrail, which is a spot that was, you know, not seen at the time. We're going to see Nash powerbomb Goldberg through a table outside. We're going to see Goldberg give Nash the jackhammer outside on the floor. We're just going to get a lot of hardcore stiff spots that are very unusual at that time you you didn't really see stuff like that in wcw but um at the end of the day what's going to happen is it's going to be one of those matches where there's going to be a lot of brawling outside the ring not that much inside and after about 15 minutes of them of them hitting their moves they go back in the ring and then what happens is goldberg spears nash he hits him with the jackhammer nash kicks out and then eventually they start fighting again goldberg goes for another jackhammer and then nash counters and puts him in a jackknife powerbomb and then Goldberg gets up, and Nash power bombs him a second time, and then Goldberg gets up a third time. They keep fighting. Uh, Goldberg spears Nash, and then after that, he goes for the knee bar, but then Nash, he kicks him in the head to get out of it, and then Goldberg goes for another spear, but then Nash catches him and then jackknifes him a third time. So we're, we're taking, like, four different jackknife power bombs here. Nash pins Goldberg one, two, three, and that's how Goldberg finally loses. So Nash beats him. On his third match with him, he's finally the WCW champion, and uh, Goldberg's streak is over. And, of course, by this point, Goldberg's streak is probably like, knowing how WCW just completely over-exaggerated the matches. (laughs) 478-0. Right, 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 right. So um, Nash finally beats him, and um, that's how Goldberg's streak ends. And at this point, Goldberg now has a character, so he's not, like, shit up the paddle like he was. Um, his character is going to be similar to AJ Styles, a guy that can get it done in the ring, but from time to time we will take a shortcut when possible, kind of like a condescending sort of heel tweener sort of. And this way um, Nash wins the right way and the fans are still into him. And then this can eventually lead to uh, Hall and Nash having a match, probably like it's at Starcade earlier that year. I haven't thought that far ahead, but... Uh, Uh, That's pretty much how I would have booked uh, Goldberg's streak ending.
0: Well, you fixed my problem with Goldberg. My problem with Goldberg, real quick, was not so much the streak, the way the streak ended. My problem was everything from the minute the streak ended until the end of 99. Because I felt in 1999 he was all over the place in the worst possible way though it was Bam Bam Bigelow this month Kevin Nash that month Sting this month Rick Steiner that month you know Sid this month you know the Starcade main event he was like all over the place and it was just like no you know like Pick pick a pick something, and go down that road for like three four months. Instead of, it was almost as if everything was like a novelty with him. For ninety nine, if you go back and and look at, you know, even the way they got him to heart, like even even you know, okay, so they did the thing with Sting at Halloween Havoc, and okay. You know, and, and they were in a rough spot with that. You know. But they never segued back to that. I don't even think the tournament was drawn up that Goldberg and Sting could have met each other at all in the tournament where it's like and then on top of that they do Hart, Goldberg the first night of the tournament, and Goldberg loses to Hart. And then next thing you know, he's teaming with Sid. He was, was all over the place. He was all over the place. And that was my problem with Goldberg, was, you know, okay, you know, you could have spread out. All right, you wanted to do Goldberg, Bigelow, at sold out, even though it didn't make sense? Do it then. Do him and Hall at at Super Brawl. Do him and Nash at Uncensored or Spring Stampede, you know. Like, the match with Sting, I think, literally came together the week of the, the Nitro before the pay-per-view. I think it was Slambury 99, and that that's when that match happened. You know, it was like, it was like, what? You know, and then he was teaming with Hogan, teaming with Sting against Nash and, and Steiner and, and Sid and... You know, then he was feuding with Stein. It, it just it made it made, and then something he. I remember Rick Steiner had a dog that I think bit him or something, and it was like what, like, what? You know, he he was all over the place. But I I like what you did, I like what you did. I, I really, I really did. Um, yeah, it, it it clears up 1999 in a big way. And, you know, because 99 was a mess and then 2000 of course he tore the bicep and then he comes back as a heel and
1: oh, this was fun. I think what we should do is before we go we should take turns just rebooking stuff. Up. Yeah. You should, you should take something that you like and rebook it next time. Uh, I know it can take a while to think of something, you know. Cause... Yeah,
0: I, I got I'll find something. I will. Like I'll find I'll find something and and you know, I I've, I've got a lot of free time on my hands. I'll find something. Okay. Well. I'll I'll do that. Um I'm going to we're going to do Friday. Um, 3 o'clock, uh, assuming nothing drastic happens this week, I guess we'll just preview uh, TakeOver and um, Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. I haven't decided yet. NXT is running at the theater at Madison Square Garden on Wednesday night. I may go. If I do, I'll kind of do a review of like how the NXT experience is, because I've never been to an NXT show. I was supposed mm-hmm. to go last year. I didn't, you know, being in the hospital. I skipped this year to go to Raw the night after SummerSlam, so I want to see what an NXT house show is like. I'm thinking about it. It's it's like a 45-minute train ride to the Garden around that time, and I'm thinking of just going up to the window and maybe get, getting a ticket and going. But if I do, I'll do a review on that. If not, we'll definitely preview TakeOver, because uh, they quietly added, like, two matches. They added the Revival against Do It Yourself, two out of three falls for the tag title. Mm-hmm. I think they added something else.
1: As far as I know, the card just has five matches. Unless the they add something. Match,
0: the women's match, the Nakamura match, the finals, rude
1: and die. That's that's all they uh, have rude, right now.
0: Tie, uh, yeah, and then the, the revival match, that's five. Yeah, they're going to add they're going to add one or two more. You might get mm. something, you might get They maybe you get something with Ember Moon just to showcase her or maybe you get roddy on the on, if, on the show. If,
1: if they do something it'll be like last minute. I think yeah. they're doing Cedric against uh Lysandra on NXT TV. I thought that was I thought they were going to save that for takeover, yeah. but Yeah, yeah I, I think that
0: I think that is on TV this week and I think Ember Moon against I think Peyton Royce or Billy Kay. I think Moon's going to get involved in that, which mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm i not as sold on her beating Oscar as I was about a month ago. I thought she was going to be the one, and I don't know. Something's... I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just don't see it. Um, maybe it's because they're going to do... I guess they're going to have Oscar beat a couple of big names for a while, and I guess there's nobody really for Moon to beat.
1: That's the problem. There's no road to there. There's no one for her to have like good matches with to build up. Well, it's it's not.
0: It's not even as far as what's on the roster because look what they're having to do with Oscar. They're gonna have to bring Mickey in. But like, Mm -hmm. where's where's the Mickey James equivalent to bring in to put Ember over? Right. You know. I mean, maybe. I mean, what do you do? Do you get a Victoria? You know, either
1: that or you send down someone from the main roster to work with her.
0: Who cool uh, It's
1: it's too bad that all this stuff happened with Paige because this would be a good time for her to to go down there and put someone over yeah. like Ember Moon. But yeah, uh, show back up for a, or even
0: an Oscar. Even even have Paige put over Asuka Even mm-hmm.
1: you
0: know you know you might you might think you're the most dominant, but I was the first. You know, women's chant Whatever. You know, you do something like that. You know, right so but all right uh yeah it's
1: 505 all right i'll talk to you during the week all right later all right later